Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara K. Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. Hello, and allow me to uh, quote a 10-star review from TV.com for this episode of Castle from B. Mosher on October 30th, 2013. (laughs) The, The subject is, couldn't watch it in just one sitting. Some storylines are, for me, so awesome or interesting, I just can't watch them in one sitting because they get my brain to thinking about no, the space quotation. The time travel is one of those very topics. In the past episodes, the writers gave cast the framework to weave a crime story requiring time travel, but there was never any real time travel. This time, though, when there seems to be real time travel, it isn't left to cast to weave the time story, but to support it. Now, before we go any further, let me say I believe time travel is possible. Okay, not in the time frame discussed, but I believe either God already knows how to do it, or someday, (laughs) maybe in 100,000 years, someone on some planet will figure it out. Given I believe it is possible, I accept the foundation of the story, but see it for what it is. Fiction. The biggest drawback to this episode is locking the stories into what we know now about the future. Global war is coming. Senator Beckett well, Senator, Mrs. Castle, and three children. Does this mean the writers are preparing us for the end of the series? Honestly, I was hoping the series could go as long as Law & Order, Gunsmoke, or even Gasp, Doctor Who. Yeah, I know. Castle's a light show compared to Doctor Who, but I still love both series. Yes. Who says the series can't continue with writer Castle and Senator Beckett working together to solve larger (laughs) issues than NYPD murders? As the title says, only... Time will tell the tale. Fortunately, other television series show us it is, a po- it is possible to evolve the series past the original setting and still be wildly successful. What? The writers just need to be faithful to the original premise. As for this episode, it is fun and exciting on so many levels. Even if you see time travel as a fantasy that can never happen, the story is still true to the Castle series with Beckett being the rock of facts and logic and Castle exploring the fictional possibilities. On the home front... Pi is giving us a long-term storyline for what typically is a short one-episode plot. What I find strange is how Alexis forgets how wise her father really is about the world. I mean, he was right about her video blog providing too much information, and there have been other times, too. Yet she is young, and, well, what might be a very interesting plot twist is simple. Pi is involved with another girl, or even gay, while Alexis and he are living together isn't for sex, but to help him out and because she wants to expand herself. At least I don't think they actually said they're having sex or are serious about one another. I can see it as your typical Alexis twist based upon past times she surprised her dad with maturity. Finally, I'll say I wish this had been a two-part episode with a cliffhanger of Castle and Beckett ending up in the future. But I can see why the writers didn't do it. Castle is in the science fiction series, and some of the reviewers dislike even this much fantasy or possibility of being part of a plotline. The writers were wise, and I was, well, greedy. I rated this episode a 10, not because it is perfect, but because it is better than a 9.5. Using the old user rating system at the 1 to 10 increment, I put it at a 9.6 to 9.8 or so. If you have yet to watch this episode, half an hour, and can accept both science fiction and drama, you need to put this one on your to-do. Hey, Latoya! <laughs> That's where it ends. And we are joined by returning guest, Elena Rivera. <laughs> What's up, Elena? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so reeling from that comment. (laughs) We'll get to that in a moment, but uh, as as we hinted at, we're watching the Castle episode, season 6, episode 5, Time Will Tell, the one all about literal time travel. Literal time travel. So, let's get back to that quote for a second. 
what the fuck? <laughs> I'm out of breath. I mean, are they are they trying to imply that they wanted a world in which Castle became Castle in the future fighting against the energy wars? Oh, they're not implying, yes. they're outright saying oh it. Yeah. They wanted a two-parter. Oh, man. I don't even know where to go. <laughs> like, I don't even understand that poor person's life that they wrote that long a review. Um, I find more of their comments. I do understand <laughs> where they're coming from because I do like the genre-y episodes of the show a lot. It's certainly, like, where they're Why strongest. Was this your review? Yeah, okay, guys, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Halfway through, I realized it was my review. No. I, I think it's one of those shows that does a really good job of doing that kind of... It's like a community where you, you can't really tell I how disagree far... with you so greatly. I know, I know you I've do. never disagreed with you more I get about it. anything. I totally do. I liked the episodes back in the day that were a little bit more genre I did quit the show before they got to the point where actual time travel was introduced, but... Apparently you didn't, based on our discussion... No, I did. I quit. I quit around season the end of season five, which is before this happened. I don't know when exactly, but it was somewhere around the time that the uh, I guess it was like Interpol was involved with Alexis being kidnapped or something. But somehow she's back in this episode. Like that was no big thing. Like she she should be traumatized by that. She was held captive for like days in Europe, and they had to like go fly out and save her. I don't think that happened after this. I think that was before they were engaged. So I don't even know what happened to the show that they went back to, and even like resetting the fact that like I think Beckett also took a job at the FBI based on the which is the beginning of this season exactly. so you definitely have seen no and you were also I, discussing season 7 plots so no, 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 no I was just bringing that up I didn't actually watch any of that I just I read, all, mm-hmm. read it over I did I swear to god I did the mm. last I saw I think was somewhere around when they went to the Hamptons and I was like this is too I couldn't follow it very well. You were like, why am I not watching Revenge instead? Exactly! Like, that's what I mean. Like, if you're gonna get into that style of a show, I could barely stand most of- I mean, I went back and scrolled through. I did see a lot of season five. Somehow, I don't really, really remember seeing it, but I think I remember, like, for example, there's a lot of early on stuff where, like, the Tamo Pinnacle stuff is still being unraveled. I definitely saw some of that. But I think that's where I kind of was like, I need to stop, because this isn't really- I mean, but I think the first time I really, like- I brought it up. The first time I really disliked the show, like, genuinely outright was like, this is a bad show and I need to stop watching it, is when Adam Baldwin showed up for the first time. The entire time, I was just like, this isn't funny. This is boring and stupid and the plot is so contrived that the castle's gonna quit working with Beckett just because he's in love with her and she doesn't feel the same way. Like, that's such a betrayal of the whole, like, premise. Like, Castle knows from the beginning she's not into him. I guess at that point he's supposed to be, you know... Oh, well, she literally knew that I fell in love with her. But, like, he's been hitting on her from the beginning. The first time they meet, he hits on her. Question. Mm -hmm. What would you have rather the show do when, allegedly, allegedly, your two leads fucking hate each other? Really? Really? Did not know that. (laughs) Wait, are you guys both unaware of this? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the, like, for... Well, it's, it's for the majority of the series, especially past season one, that's been the whole thing, that... Allegedly, they loathe each other. Like, at this point, Stana is, like, not even in all the episodes of the series. And, like I said, like, it might, like we were talking about how we didn't even realize that they were, like, even a couple at watching this episode until it was mentioned. 
that, like, well, yeah, that's what happens when your two leads can't, like, just stand the sight of each other. Of course, it's not going to project that they're a couple at any point during the episode. See, I can totally well, My mom that. is going to be so sad. <laughs> my parents are Again, allegedly, although all signs point to it. And I totally get that, because I, oh, I, I mentioned you guys prior to the recording that she is a very eccentric person. I mean, I'm sure he is as well, but, like, she's especially eccentric in the sense that she is a falconer. Like, crazy stuff where I think she's very similar to her character, I don't think she has patience for someone who's flighty, and I don't know the real love Nathan Fillion is, is as flighty as Castle is, because he's a whole other level of it, but I think there's certainly, I think the chemistry between them is very, very realistic, because they probably do have some genuine antagonistic vibes. I mean, they probably do get along better than some people have disliked each other in the past, but you never know. Like, they backpedal on the that stuff allegedly. a lot. People allegedly... Yeah, allegedly. Because they backpedaled a lot on the Gilmore Girls stuff. When I was growing up, Gilmore Girls was infamous for that. But then, like, they seem like they love each other. And it's, I don't know. Who knows? It's all... who I, I, I would totally buy that in some respects, because I, so, I can see a lot of the same kind of, you know, like, antagonistic, I hate him, she hates me, ha, isn't this cute kind of vibe that they're going for? Maybe it, it pulled from a real place. I don't know. But I definitely... I think the time... The time that it really hit the best was back when they were still just, you know, they were getting to know one yeah, another. Yeah, getting to know one another. And they had, like, obviously a little bit of a flirtation going on, which is I mean, more writing, allegedly, I guess, than in real life. But it certainly came across to me, like, by the time they started actually trying to make this, like, an ongoing thing, it was another one of those situations. And I mentioned Gilmore Girls before. I find this to be almost like a reverse Gilmore Girls, where you have the father that's, like, the kid, and the kid is, like, the mom, and they are basically raising each other. And he finds someone else who's kind of this this grumpy, like, gruff person, and then they kind of open up <laughs> to them. And then they, they take five seasons to bang. Like, that's basically the same plot. But, I mean, obviously there's a whole bunch of Castle other things. Castle is reverse Gilmore Girls is, <laughs> like, the new tagline oh, for yeah. the show. But uh, I, I, I think this is a huge fault. Like, before we get into the actual episode, we had plenty of flaws to start. It, it <laughs> is such a specific style of show that the will-they-won't-they will stuff almost becomes a third character, like, a main character, because once it's killed off, the show is totally different. Like, once you stop that being a thing, you can't un- you can't unpack that box. Like, it's just, it's gone. And I, I always bring up Parks and Rec as, as a version of the of that, that that successfully did it. Obviously, they still kept Ben and Leslie for a long time apart for, the, like, two seasons, a season and a half. Although they were still basically dating by that point. But a lot of the people on that show, even including Ben and Leslie... Once they realize they like each other, they kind of just hooked up. Like, it's real human nature is not going to be, let's work together for five and a half to six years before we even kiss. Like, kiss on purpose. I guess kiss while undercover is a whole thing. But I also think this is kind of like, I know they'll tell you you don't draw from the same well as I do with this, but it's very similar to X-Files, which is why they spoofed X-Files at one point. Because it's kind of like the Scully version of X-Files, whereas if, if everything to do with X-Files was actually Skelly's version, which is just, there was always an explainable reason for that. Which is why I think episodes like this go against the grain of the entire show's premise, because everything should have an explainable reason. You should not literally be introducing time travel as a concept on a procedural about cops in New York and a writer. It was just, it was dumb. And that's why I'm glad that I stopped before it got this bad. It was already kind of campy. And and when I say I like the genre episodes, I knew that they were pretty bad. But I love them because I just, I enjoy a good, like, doofy, like, setup. Which is why I'm like, if I was interested in this, I would totally have been down for it. And I mean, even in some ways, I like the concept of it being 
a fake out. Like, if this had all been a big fake out, I would have been down. I would have been like, all right, well, it wasn't a good episode, but at least it was, like, a genre episode that I could get down for. This was just terrible. Like, I think, I'm trying to go back and think of other ones that are similar. The Nikki Heat stuff yeah. with Lara Prepon is an example that I liked, right? That was, like, a... Yeah. They go on the set and all that kind of stuff, and... I, it's it's basically every trope you've imagined. They literally handcuffed these two together at one point. Like that is the tropiest trope of any show that I've ever seen. To be honest, like and that's this up there. Especially, it thinks it's it's super smart yes. and great mm-hmm. about being meta and like being derivative. It's like, oh no, exactly. this is actually kind of offensive how derivative you are. Yes, because like uh, just in terms of the time travel stuff, uh, they mentioned it in the episode uh, Twelve Monkeys. Terminator, like, the villain in this episode looks like fucking Garrett Dillahunt in Sarah Connor Chronicles. It's ridiculous. Like, they got someone who, like, clearly can't act. That's why he has no, like, speaking role and is only a co-star credit at the end. He didn't say a word, did he? Specifically because he looked just like Garrett Dillahunt in Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yes. And also, beyond that, too, I mean, it was clearly, I mean, that's kind of the same thing. Obviously, Sarah Connor Chronicles is the same thing. He had a total Terminator vibe from the beginning to the end. And like the whole yeah, thing from the about- moment I saw his picture, I'm like, holy Terminator! Yeah, exactly. And I totally get that. But it's, but it's, it's a thing where I, I remember I forget what I was listening. But something one of the podcasts I listened to or something. They were mentioning how weird it is when you think back to Terminator the movie. Terminator only has like maybe like fifty lines. Like it's a tiny, tiny speaking part for a character. Most of the acting in that movie is him shooting things and running people out of the rooms. Also, and it's interesting. The stepbrother who's murdered is like it's basically just. Uh, red herring Joe Morton from T2. Yeah, That's literally the point of exactly, that character. Exactly, exactly that. And it's so... Like, I get that, and there was definitely episodes in the past that are... I mean, I brought up the they spoofing... They spoofed the X-Files. The X-Files spoof is down to the point where they actually call each other Mulder and Scully in the episode, I believe. That's oh. silly. I understand that, but at least at that point, they were doing it in a way where the premise itself wasn't quite I mean, it was it was it was to do with with the the alien abductions, but it wasn't like ripped from the headlines. It wasn't headlines. like they said, "Here's an alien abduction that actually happened." Exactly. Or maybe the show is just creatively bankrupt, and it was tricking you. I I think it was already that was pretty bad. Like there are parts of that episode that get pretty pretty rough. Like it it goes to a place where it kind of tiptoes over the line, which I, which is why I brought it up because it's in the season before this. Like that's the one of the latter episodes of uh like I would call those the genre episodes. I'm trying to think of other ones that are pretty similar to that. There's a whole bunch in the early seasons where there's a lot of vampire stuff. Uh, we get the the late shift stuff, which is kind of like the, the uh, what do you call it, TV um, late night shows that have that kind of a thing. There is, a, I believe there's a, uh, it's like a museum slash Indiana Jones episode where they literally have them put a hat on that's Indiana Jones. Like, I, I completely, oh. I get why <laughs> they do that because there is a total, I am one of the people who's kind of, here for that. It's basically, you know what it sounds like, and it actually makes sense that you would like it more, although mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll be upset with me, me for saying it. It sounds literally just like a procedural Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Like, hey, this is a reference people get. It does. It totally does. And I, and- I think that the writing is it, it goes towards that. It goes towards the reference side of things, because I know that when you throw uh, Nathan Fillion in a brown coat and call him a space cowboy, and then everyone's just winking at the screen, it's cheesy but i'm like okay i'll take it because i mean i yeah. just find it charming I, I i i like to have a show that i can watch with my parents and not worry about it being too obscene but it's it's kind <laughs> of like popcorn like i like if i if i if i put creatively it on, bankrupt i think exactly. I, I nailed it yeah it's, it's <laughs> i i get why 
I get why people don't like it, because it's incredibly predictable in a lot of ways, but I also, they do episodes that I genuinely like. Like, I remember there's a great episode with, with uh, Beckett's PTSD that I really like, where it's just mostly her and Javi. It's not even really anybody else in the episode. It's all about her dealing with the fact that she was shot. And I, like, I almost feel like they do the other episodes so that the, the other ones that, that are a little bit more harder hitting come at a much higher cost, because it's such a campy show that when it gets serious... It's like, I, we brought it up before, How My Your Mother Does This. It'll turn on a, on a dime. It'll be the funniest, well, not funniest, but like, it'll, it'll have a really funny beat, and then someone's dad'll die, like, out of nowhere. And it's it's super, I, almost weirdly realistic in that way, because you can go through life being, like, you know, like, chipper and happy, and then something terrible will happen. Fine. But, like, this is the point where I feel like it's almost, like, whiplash, like, we've been doing that for so long, that by this point, it's just are we going to be doing this for the rest of the show? <laughs> because that's kind of what they're doing. And it, it, almost like they felt like, well, now that we, now that you guys know our formula for doing this, we don't have to be as subtle, right? Like, that's kind of what this episode is. Like, it's sort of, like, not only can we name check things directly, we'll introduce time travel as a literal concept. Because the other mentions that I brought up, obviously the, the ones that are more genre like, you know, going on a movie set and having, like, doppelgangers and, like, going on the late shift and, and talking to people who are obvious stand-ins for Conan and all that stuff is one thing, but they and the vampire stuff is another, obviously, but they never, and the zombies, I think, is another episode, they never actually say using vampires or zombies are real, because that's a total, like, it pulls you completely out of the space of the show. And this is a show that I think so, like, like Big Bang Theory is so cookie cutter that when you introduce something that crazy it's more shocking i almost go back to that review it's like if you're going to introduce that <laughs> why not just go all, all in? the way i mean that's crazy to to to, br- to bring that up and to not and especially if she ends up being a senator because then i'm just it's almost like maybe they are they just introduce this as like a 10-year plan because this show doesn't seem like it's going to go off the air anytime soon i mean unless one of them kills the other one in real life i don't know and but, that can be an episode of castle yeah she's she, she sets her falcon off on him but I, I, oh, God. I'm just, I'm, I'm lost with this episode because I feel like just from the beginning, I found it incredibly, like, just un, like uninteresting. Like everything's super dark and boring. dumb, and obviously, like the Joshua Gomez casting, I think was, I wouldn't even call it stunt casting because he's not really that well known of an actor. But I definitely think that in that, like, five year, well, even now, like, in this little like gap of TV on NBC, ABC, CBS. A lot of shows were on the bubble, and I think that Nathan Fillion was making the rounds. Like, he also showed up on Community. Just, I think, almost as, like, a favor to people. I don't think that he was cast in Community in, like, a like a one-minute speaking part, along with, like, Kumail Nanjiani. Although, again, not as big of an actor, but still, like, those were definitely friends of Dan Harmon or friends of the genre of these shows, and they just showed up on them. So I think Josh Gomez was there almost entirely as, like, a... He'll be funny, right? Because he plays the funny over-the-top sidekick on another show. So let's throw him in here. That's why I think Adam Baldwin, besides being on Firefly, was also on this show, is that he had similar... They, like, once everybody in that little group of friends knew each other, they're just all going to make the rounds on their on their sitcoms. That's why he showed up on Leverage as well. But um, I, but I will say, right from the beginning, I was kind of proud of myself. I don't know if you guys both also recognize him, so I'm, I'm sure maybe it's not that, that subtle. But the dude from the beginning, the the neighbor, who's the the guy who gets like shoved over by Josh Gomez running down the hallway with the hoodie on, I was like, that looks just like the 
uh, the birds lost in the park guy from Parks and Recreation, and I googled it. Okay. It's the same dude. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the I lost my bird. I need a permit to, to get a sign up to Yay. tell people that I lost my bird. And he's like, "Hold on, let me look for it." He's like, "There's no time. He can fly." Like it was such a, like a nothing part in that, but I was like, it looks just like him. But he has like a huge beard in this, so not huge, but like has a whole different look. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, it's him. And he does get a little bit of a moment later on, but you don't. It's always just like a reference. But so it starts off like ominous with this with this mysterious guy running down the hallway in a hoodie and then shoving an older man. Like the, the character is obviously over the top and crazy, but that seems a little bit much even for him, right? Like I don't the way they introduce him later he was on. Running and he hit an old man who was just standing in the hallway. <laughs> he like shoves him out of the way though. And then this old man, which sorry, this already episode is a mess because as a black man heading towards the blood, like no, just call nine one one. Don't go check that out. <laughs> Yeah, he walks into the room, and then there's, like, a body, like, fried in this... And also, it was, like, in a foot tub. Like, it was a weird... It was weird, right? Like, I didn't know what that was. So he, he stumbles into this room with this guy with bloody hands that he just rubbed on his shirt. I'm like, first of all, dude, you need to get rid of that shirt. But I guess technically it could be the, the victim's blood and not the... You don't know if you need the blood, but I was, I'm still, like, I'm not gonna be wearing a shirt with blood on it when the cops come to arrest somebody for murder. But, uh, so he, he stumbles into this room, and the guy had fled the scene of a girl being, I, I can't describe, she's, she's taped to a chair, and then her feet are in a, I, honestly, I think it is a foot bath, and there's a plug, like an extension cord plugged into a wall, and you're supposed to, like, figure it out from there. Like, they never really tell you exactly what happened, besides that she was electrocuted. But, I mean, hey, you had to plug foot baths in. I was like, maybe she's just taking a nice foot bath. <laughs> I don't understand what's also going on. Also restrained to a so chair. Weird, Laura. Yeah, it was really weird, though. They didn't describe she was tortured. In quotation. Not that I want to know how she's tortured, but still. Apparently you do. It was a little bit confusing because she was all You're cut the only up. one questioning it. I know, but it's just it was a weird like jump to take because usually this show is so obsessed well, with the cause of death and all that kind of stuff. I hear you. I think I was like watching it in a really sunny room and my the screen was kind of glaring and I couldn't really tell exactly what was happening to that woman really who died hard. and I was like, oh, are we gonna like, she's on a chair but also there's like water and there's electricity and then later they say that she died from something else and I was like, oh, alright. Yeah, there was know- like blood and stuff too. Yeah. Her throat was cut and she was tortured, but I didn't. It didn't really imply what happened first. I was, I was more wondering if that was going to be a thing, like if the guy put her out of her misery or something. Like I don't, I couldn't tell because they didn't really give you any information about the actual murder until like minute twenty five. Like everything else was there about. There was really no reason to kill her at all. Honestly, exactly. She like, doesn't factor into it. Her brother does. And also, like, way to give up the one. I guess he got the information, but does that? It didn't make sense. Does the guy sit on that information for days because he doesn't go and attack the brother until halfway through the episode it was until it was convenient exactly for the plot exactly but so anyway so she's she's killed in this situation the neighbor calls the cops the cops come to investigate but before that i mean we could really just talk about this miniature plot subplot in the in the in the minute now instead i don't want to do it separately because (laughs) it's so dumb let's talk about it all now and like there's really nothing to it I don't. I hate Alexis. I mean, that was one of the reasons I quit the show. I could not handle Alexis really? anymore. Yeah, I could never stand Alexis. <laughs> of all the okay. reasons I quit watching the show, it was Alexis, and you were just like defending this for a long time. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
I didn't. No, I didn't quit strictly because of her. But I think that when she became mm-hmm. more and more like it, now, her plots are like part of the show. And I'm like, oh, I don't need this. I, I liked it when her plots were like, like yeah, her plots were like, I have a test in school next week. Now it's like this guy's living in his house, and I don't believe for a second that. Okay, so she has a boyfriend who's now crashing at their place. His shit is everywhere. And Castle doesn't pay for That's a housekeeper. He doesn't pay for a housekeeper. Castle pays for, like, everything. He shouldn't have to be paying it for a housekeeper because this piece of shit shouldn't be living in his house. Exactly. That's totally part of it. But, like, I could not believe for a second. Also, where's Martha? Is Martha not there anymore? I forget. I, I didn't watch this part of the show, so I was like, I guess Martha's just in the wind. She's probably or, fucking someone right now. <laughs> Good for her. She has the right idea. Like, as long as this kid's crashed here, I'm going to be at somebody else's house for the night. But so she she's like off out of nowhere, and he's just I mean it's it's gross looking, and it's re- really dark too. So it just felt like a really weird like I almost felt like Castle was coming home to his house after like a month of being away, and it had been like abandoned and, without wearing pants. Well, yeah, you know he gets up to some shit and barefoot <laughs> and barefoot. But I'm like, how do you go to bed knowing that shit like that is in your living room? I just wouldn't stand for it. I couldn't believe it. But he does kick him out in that moment though. He says, "This is it. I'm done." Like gets his he steps on something. Like if you're a, if you're a guest at someone's house, also how does that kid have that much stuff? I, mean, I have so many questions, but he's got all this stuff over. Too many. It, it's and he's and he's just he's a guest in someone's home and keeping it that trashy. I just couldn't believe. I also didn't believe that Alexis would allow it to be that trashy. Like it's one I thing for it. she's a dumb nineteen year old who apparently is thinking with her vagina. <laughs> I mean, that's true. You're not wrong there. But so, like, I, I just couldn't believe how disrespectful it was for him to have... I mean, like, I can't even describe this. I'll try and, like, maybe cap it if it's not too dark to see. There's just... It's strewn. It just looks like a garbage hovel in the middle of the living room. And this is a nice... He's a nice... Oh, he calls his house. It is... I don't think it's a house. I think it's a condo. But he lives yeah, in New York. Yeah, definitely a condo. And... It's a nice, it's a nicely kept place. It'd be one thing if he was, like, a pack rat and had his own kind of, like, mess. But it was, like, obviously kept by a housekeeper. And there's just this, like, one, like, roped-off area where it's just, like, it genuinely looks like a dump. Like, it's it's horrifying. And he steps on some... I, who knows? I don't even know. I wouldn't be shocked if he steps on, like, a needle. And this dude has, like, a needle with oh my him. God. He seems like a complete burnout, but you don't really know to what degree. Because you're like, oh, obviously Alexis wouldn't necessarily date, like, a heroin addict. But I'm like, this guy is basically being played as if he's some kind of a druggie or something stupid. Like, he's a yeah, I, don't, I don't know any of their backstory as a couple or whatever their relationship is. What is this? They said banana plantations? Like, yeah. oh god. Oh, the whitest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh god, it is. But his name hey, is Pod, did... a banana plantation. They both, like, volunteered at a banana plantation. Okay. Or he mentions it later on. He, he says it jokingly, there. like, this is the same idiot you met on a banana plantation, right? And then and then she gets super offended and hangs up the phone on him. Which I'm like, oh, I thought that was like a weird euphemism. I don't know what I thought. Oh, God. No, I don't. For a brothel? I don't know what. A male brothel. Jesus. I mean, if anyone would would frequent it, it'd be somebody with her kind of money. But so she's just sort of, I think she's just sort of, you know, swept up in the whole, like, he's this fascinating hipster weirdo. And she's, like, going to Columbia and, like, well, Columbia University. You know that that British show, uh, Cuckoo, that was Andy Samberg? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically, he's Cuckoo, except for, like, play it straight instead of, like, pointing out the insanity of this character being around anyone. Yes. And, okay, so she, yeah. I, I just double-checked because I wanted to see for myself. They met in Costa Rica, I guess, literally on a banana plantation. So I guess she went there for something. I don't even care to find a out study what. study abroad <laughs> trip? I, I don't know. I don't understand. If they met on a plantation, it wasn't like they were doing 
actual work. I mean, maybe they were volunteering or something, but they, they don't. I mean, I, maybe they go over that in another episode. If you're volunteering at a plantation, that's literally slavery. <laughs> well, I don't know. If it's, I don't know if that's volunteer. Though, you're working but... at a plantation and you're not getting paid. Getting paid, that's literally yeah. slavery. <laughs> You were right when you said it's the white. So like it's the white guilt where they want to like they want to like be slaves to go through the struggles. Jesus, that's what happened. Jesus. That's literally what happened. Oh god, that's too hipster. It is that's too real. And his name is Pi, which we I we briefly referenced, but it's Pi like the. Is it short for some equation? I, who, who I just couldn't care less. I'm sure it is, but I just could not care less to find out. I'm I. No. He is played up. I mean, I rightfully so. At least the show does seem to acknowledge that he's a piece of garbage. But like, it's there's just not enough there to to, to follow. I don't. Think, I don't remember show actually acknowledging that. It's like I think that the show well, should he, like Castle like Castle him. was in the wrong and just being like an overprotective dad. Well, I mean, there's a there's an there's an air of that until you like remember that it's Pi. But every time he mentions to the guys that she's moving in with her boyfriend, and they're like, and "You're gonna let her do that?" I'm like, I get it because Pi's garbage, but still, like, pump the brakes a little bit on the way you react because it just came across like, why are only the male male people on the show saying that? Because Beckett's the only one that's like, let her do her fucking thing. She's oh, a yeah. girl. Because Beckett is the poster child for daddy issues. Of course, yeah. she says that. <laughs> oh God, she is. But, they uh, killed her mother. Ah, I became a cop with my dad. Yeah. We're the watch and stuff and all that. Yeah, um, that's the the pilot episode has that, guys. That's some classic stuff. Oh my god, just found a picture of Pi. Oh no. Oh no no no. So I guess Pi is Costa Rican. <laughs> like, I'm even more lost. I can't figure no, this fat. out. I mean, is he not? No. Okay, maybe not. But he's. Certainly, I guess meant to be like a complete like messy hipster. Either way, yeah. I don't. I mean, understand. you could be Latino and not actually be from South America, Mara. Yes. You know that, right? So he might have gone there as well. I just can't tell. <laughs> I don't really. I didn't watch the episodes where she first met him, so I don't know how they actually met. They him. didn't show the episodes because that was in the summer. Oh, okay. Then that explains it better. Thank you. So, but Castle does reference that they met each other on the plantation. So, I mean, they're probably both going there for school, and they do eventually break. Oh, he's up going there for after. life, man. Life man. Oh, or life is very And she she brings him back to the apartment and he uh, you can tell he's supposed to be like the disrespectful up and comer because he says Mr. C instead of calling him Castle. Who the oh. fuck calls someone's so, your girlfriend's father Mr. C instead of his full name? Like it's ridiculous. Bonzi? Exactly. It's just so stupid. I mean that's better than <laughs> I mean he'd probably be like call me Richard anyway, so might as well just say Mr. C. Okay, so he is there. Mr. Um, Mr. Initial is not as disrespectful as everything else that is happening with Pi. That's true. Moron. You're very true. You're true. That's but, like the one thing that is respectful. That yeah. one thing. I still don't. I would never call someone Mr. C unless I tell me to call them Mr. C. Or you know if they call, they call, That's a problem right there. They're telling you to call them Mr. C. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's a different so, problem. I wanted to look up a little bit more about Pi because I'm so curious. And apparently they move into the apartment together, but um, they're they're pretty much impoverished because they have no money. Which, uh, oh. oh my god, a funny I twist for this show. I get a job. And would, she does mention she's going to get a job, but she never does. Yeah, but Pi doesn't, no, she gets a job, I believe, but Pi doesn't get a job because he has, you know, he's discovering the world and everything. Well, no, 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 his, his job is revealed in a later episode when they inspect, Martha and Castle show up to inspect the apartment, which, again, is a terrible plot sounding, but his job is to determine the strength of the hive. In other words, he counts bees. What? Quest, question mark? <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so apparently he eventually gets a little bit like nicer by the uh, by the middle of the season, but then they do eventually break up and she moves back home. But there's no real information about what goes down beyond just that. But so anyway, so just to give you a heads up on who Pi is, he's they're really not in the episode much, but they do kind of like they check back in on it a couple times throughout just to see if they've moved out yet. Castle gets phone calls from her talking about it. Um, no, it's about- he's moved out yet because Castle does not expect her to move out as well. Which is stupid because I think it seems incredibly likely because she's obviously. I think like, it's head stupid because she's nineteen years old and she just met this guy a month ago. Exactly, and- it is stupid. But I'm saying it's so. I don't. I'm not shocked at all the way she's talking about him in the beginning. She's clearly like obsessed with him. She's gonna go wherever he goes. I mean, come on. It's Castle. Castle's what? Castle. How could he be shocked that someone's gonna do something romantic? Her mother and his relationship was romantic and wistful and completely like completely, like, whirlwind and too quick. Like, they, they did it without thinking. Like, wait, everything about it's reckless. And most of his relationship has been reckless. That's why the whole, like, Castle Beckett thing is so... supposed to be so interesting in the beginning is because it's like, wow, this is the first time I've, I've oh, kind of stupid. been in a long-term relationship and not, you know, jumped into bed with someone the first time I saw them. But... Yay! Yeah, that's an that's a interesting main character. <laughs> but so, um... So, what shame, uh, Castle, Mora. I'm sorry, Richard Castle, but I mean, he is a notorious playboy. That's kind of the I think it's in the intro to the show. Uh, but so he's he, wrong with that. Yeah, no, you can do do you? I just I'm allowed to be a little bit uh, judgmental because when you try and be hypocritical to your daughter about doing the exact same thing, it's a little bit much. Um, but so the crime scene that we do see now, now everyone starts to get there and start investigating a little bit more about what actually went on. Um, they know that she's now a. Uh, uh, I can't with the word a parole officer. Parole officer. Thank you. She's a parole okay. officer, and she is um she has she has a gun in her nightstand, and there's no forced entry on on the uh, building, so there's no real information about how the person who got in got in because why would she let someone in? I'm confused when they bring this up because later on when we find out all the shit that went down in ter- in terms of her getting killed, why was there no forced entry? They never really explain that, right? Or am I wrong? You're right. There's, there's no <laughs> yeah, reason at all for again for her to be part of this storyline. Exactly, but for, I guess you're supposed to think like he's mysterious and futury, so maybe he. Can oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he could have like teleported in because time travel. Who fucking knows? They don't explain any of the rules. That, well, no, that, he's been that here for a long sense time. Given what has happened in this episode, right? But also, like. He's been there for a very long time at this point. I don't think you can do that without having to go back to the future. Yeah. Uh, so, well, uh, apparently they're sending people back and forth to like keep messing with the time anyway. Me. So, yeah. so fucking dumb. But so the crime scene is like obviously that she was killed because of like we said before, tortured and electrocuted and all that. And with the gun in her nightstand, they they figure that they, she might have known the person. And they look, I see she has a stepbrother. I thought that was her dad at first. I'm not gonna lie, but it was her stepbrother. That's what they made and, it seem like in the picture, honestly. Yeah, like they have this picture of them on her on her uh, side table, and he definitely looks like the. Father. It's like her graduation or something, right? <laughs> it was yeah, weird. I'm it was a sure. weird picture. And when they cut to him and they say stepbrother, I'm like, wait. Are they going to show the dad? And he's like, well, before my dad died, I'm like, wait, what? That was you in the picture? Or maybe it wasn't? I was so con- I was lost. And it's so the they- doorman from Samantha Who. I know! I saw that too! I was like, oh god, there's so many- there's like a ton of just little- I mean, obviously Josh Gomez is another one where it's just people from other shows. But, um, so they, they show up and he's- 
I mean, a nice guy. He seems very friendly. They don't seem to be shady, him and the wife. They he does seem to be just... shady because he's rich. Come on now. Yeah, I guess the Ooh, I believe the, um, the wife is V's mom from Shameless, I think. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. But she's, yeah. she's good, too. We get more of her, really, than him. Um, and they, they both... Um, they both kind of explained that she, she they were f- afraid for her because she was working with parolees, and that's obviously it has the potential to be a dangerous job. And recently she thought she was being stalked by someone who came to her, and I'm going to try and do it as best I can, came to her and said, if you don't, I don't know, something something, the future will be ruined. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, we actually do know how uh, Terminator got into her place. How? Uh, oh. Because of the keys, the prostitute. Oh, you're right! I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I would have gotten to there and realized that too, but you're good to jump ahead. I completely forgot. So yeah, so that we do eventually get that. Although still, shady. But so, <laughs> um, uh, so they, uh, they, they realize later on that, oh, she's gotta be being stalked by the same person that the guy got hit on on the way from the, running from the room. They, which is, again, we know now to be Joshua Gomez. Because they do a sketch of him. And it's basically, like, a glamour shot of Joshua Gomez. Like, okay, is... glamour shot is much. He looks like he's bugging out. That's true, that's true. But just basically, like, his his screen test is just like, here, this is Joshua Gomez. And, like, they, it, they, they have eventually a mugshot of him, and he could not look more like the photo. Like, they basically did, it's like a fucking making of a murderer, where they took, took a picture and then re-sketched it. And they're like, here, this is his sketch artist. But so, he, he is... The person they think is stalking her, who eventually, like, eventually, as he, I guess, came back in time, which we'll get to in a second, he uh, confronted her and said that you're in trouble, and if you don't, it's something along the lines of he just keeps saying billions of people will die. I mean, that's yeah, basically what uh, his punchline is. People on the planet will, or uh, lives are at stake, everybody will die. It's kind of it is on purpose. I think it's meant to come across as kind of rambly and and of course maniacal. it is because it's they're supposed to think he's crazy. I'm not kidding. But you're I mean, you're he, he like. But so he he's like freaking out at her, and they she pressed. I think well, she she didn't press charges, but she tried to. She didn't know who he was. She just filed a report that she was he was being he was stalking her, and they they can't tell if it's the same person. But they're going to try and hunt him down now. And this is the same person that they think is was leaving the scene of the crime. So if it was the same guy, obviously you know maybe that's the reason why. Um, and I forget exactly how they, they realize it's him, but they, they, they figure out a way to track him down, I guess, because he's been... Oh, he breaks back in. The neighbor tells him he breaks back in, yeah. which is really ridiculous, which, again, kind of comes across as very touched, because he is running Or time into, traveler. Yeah, I guess. He doesn't care. But he breaks back into the scene of the crime to try and look for more clues we find out later on. Um, the neighbor calls and tells the cops this, so they show up and arrest him, he tries to fight his way out, and am I wrong in thinking that he has, like, some kind of, like, judo moves or something? No, but, he definitely yeah. does. Okay. He's got it was, judo moves. I don't know, but definitely more he moves than you'd expect kind of Josh fighting. Gomez. <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah, it's like that, Josh. <laughs> that part actually really surprised me, because I was like, oh, he's just gonna be, I actually didn't, before we talked about the mm-hmm. episode being about time travel, I had no idea what this episode was gonna be about, so right. then I was like, oh, why is, this is like a big this is a bigger guest star to have as your kind of like maybe murderer of the week. And then he like unleashed his ninja moves. And I was like, Oh, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. If you need a, if you need a, uh, a point of, con- a point of reference, it's basically like Morgan post intersect before Morgan yeah. pre intersect, which I don't love to have to say, but that's before exactly what they the went. Highlights. Oh, the highlights, the highlights. Oh God. He has no highlights in this episode. Thank God. 
It did, um, they, him being here did make me want to watch Chuck, though, instead of this episode. Like, I yes. thought about it a good yes. long while. Well, <laughs> it, it's it's enough of him acting like the like the original Morgan from that show that you kind of think, oh, I, I remember what he was I mean, like. The but then he gets sad sack, like pathetic, yeah. well, terrible sidekick that I've never hated more. <laughs> this is just I think it's just Gomez being uh, rather delightful given the premise. Uh, which is otherwise terrible because mm-hmm. Morgan was awful. Morgan was from the terrible. Very very beginning of Chuck. They should really have done like a Supergirl with him and just told him right away. I don't know why they kept him in the dark for so long because oh, the whole yeah. show was really I think poor. It was poorly served because of it. Like it it, it became that he was I think he was the last person to know. Right, I'm pretty sure, which is crazy. That's not crazy. really because Morgan is the biggest. Like he's the biggest loudmouth on that show. Also, well, obviously yes, but I don't. I don't. Buy that they wouldn't be. He wouldn't be able to figure out. He's an idiot. Though, I so would I never know. tell Morgan anything. I completely buy it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so they 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 figure out that it's it's him. They they cut him down. He does like put up a huge fight, which is again shocking watching because I I know that he's capable of that from seeing the the intersect version of Josh Gomez, but it was just like whoa okay all right. But he still gets taken down because there's like five cops there. I think it's the whole department. Well, department in quotation marks. Just you know, Javi and whatever. I can't think of it as Seamus, um, and, and Beckle, Beckett and Castle, and they all take him down, and they bring him into the station, and then, then begins an ongoing rant that goes on for basically the rest of the episode, where he pretty much just, his, his talking points are, we're running out of time, she's in danger, 1258, the future will end and billions will die. Like, I don't even know where to start parsing this, because do you guys have any comments on most of what he says? It's, like, gibberish. I mean, I know what he's going for. There are energy wars in the future. He's from the future, spoiler alert. And there are energy wars because of uh, too much... There was an energy war. It was stopped, but now the people who were behind it sent someone back in time. I think that's one of my biggest problems with this, is the, the phrase energy war is incredibly uninteresting. <laughs> like, I know, like, obviously it's still a war, and you're just like, wow, and it's also kind of realistic, because we do take up a lot of Earth's resources, but it's just incredibly un- uninteresting. Like, energy war sounds super boring. It sounds like the kind of episode of Babylon 5 I would have skipped over. But, so, they they introduce it like it's this big deal, though, that the, the, war, the wars are coming, and we're using up all of our natural resources, I'm from the future, I'm here to try and stop whatever event took place that eventually killed billions of people. So I'm guessing, is he supposed to live, I could never really get, it's sort of, it comes across like he lives in a world with billions of people dying, but also at the same time he knew he knew that they didn't billions actually die. Billions of people die. have already died, he's from 2035. Right, and why would he, I mean, he. I guess he knows that they're dying because of this one thing, but he kind of talks about it like it's something that didn't happen before. I, it's just a lot of, like, it's a lot of that, like, circular time logic. I feel uh, again, like you've made it confusing, more confusing not, than it I, actually is, because your not, description of it seems wrong. How would you describe it? I'm trying to I'm trying to get my brain around where it exactly... So, is. the energy war happened, but they were able <laughs> the to win war. them mm-hmm. and prevent people from dying. Mm-hmm. He's from 2035, and now he knows that the people who are responsible for the war figured out a way to go back in time to make sure that it can't be stopped. Okay, so I get, yeah, you're absolutely right. So the reason, the, 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 the missing point that I was forgetting is that someone, he figures out someone broke into the lab and made an unauthorized jump back in time. That's a huge factor. Because 
I was confused because he keeps talking about all these billions of people dying, but they haven't actually died yet. I don't think, or they're not. Go- they're going to die. They will if this uh, mission goes through. Yes, he just seems so yeah. sure of it. It comes across like he's already lived in that universe. You know, yeah. it's here's the thing. Weird. So, if again, like we said before, I. I think of all the things you could do with time travel or I don't know. I just thought it was so boring. It was. Like I've seen it really was. so much. I've seen so many shows that do time travel like really well or creatively or have explored that as like an episode. I, I just kept thinking like, this is a terrible episode of fringe, like from oh, yeah, some because... other network that has like cut out all of the creativity of that show. And it was so, I found myself. Well, yeah, because he point. describes himself as basically an observer. Yeah, too. yeah, that's the problem. Is that he's not really part of the actual war. It seems like he's a, he's well, he says an anthropologist, a temporal anthropologist, is what which he is one hundred percent an observer based on his his description of it. Exactly. Yes. I just kept thinking, like the I really didn't think that they were gonna play into the time travel thing as much. I thought it was just gonna be like a motif, but no, it, like the whole episode was about it. But and Castle I, keeps. Asking me about like about the butterfly effect, and then we yeah. have. I remember oh. this entire scene is concentrated in sanity. It really was. It just. I wanted it to be like so much more interesting. Like if you're going to talk about preventing the future thing from happening, like I don't know. That's the thing, Elena. It really it, it is an interesting concept. There have been show. I mean, shows and movies that are based around time travel. Like, I, I always think of something like Safety Not Guaranteed, which is I consider to be a very, very... I, I enjoy that movie a lot, but incredibly ho-hum. Like, the plot is not very complicated. The time travel is almost like a, a borderline, like you said, motif. Like, it's barely even in it. I mean, it's a huge factor of why they meet and what they're training for and stuff, but it's not really, like, you know, the the, the science of it doesn't have to overwhelm the episode or, or the movie or whatever the case. But it's almost more about the fact that Oh, by the way, it is, it's a little thing that can happen. Like, you don't need to make it so much about, like, the energy wars and this and that and billions of deaths. I'm like, I... Like, there was a point where he says when they're in this conversation where he's being interrogated. Although, for an interrogation, he's talking a lot. Like, <laughs> they let him talk about... <laughs> given a like, lot they're not asking him any questions. Like, it was really, really ridiculous. And he... the energy wars thing is also part of it is because this whole thing is 12 monkeys meets, um... Terminator, so, like, you can't exactly have machines rise, because that's specifically ripping it off, and you can't have exactly uh, the eco-terrorism that uh, plagues 12 monkeys, either. So this was, like, but, the happy medium between, between those two. Mm-hmm. But you know the it's problem like, I have here? Is they mm-hmm. did this plot already. I, I did watch into the point where Lynchpin exists, and they figured out that if you killed, like, I think it was one, either, like, Chinese or Japanese uh, dignitary's daughter, it would be enough to cause a third world war, or something like that. That was so much more interesting because even though it is a stupid little, like, minor thing that could happen, it, it came across like, oh, well, you know, like, it's a silly plot point, but at least that kind of begs the question of maybe it would. Like, uh, you know, killing someone's daughter, you know, when you killed the, the, the Archduke Ferdinand, that's what started the First World War. But, like, I, I understand, like, there's that kind of, like, you know, maybe just one thing could change the, the course of events that would, you know, set forth a huge war. Fine. I buy that part of it. But then, like, when they do eventually, we'll get into it, they start picking apart the whole, like, well, what exactly was this person coming back to stop or to kill? Apparently, killing that woman wasn't really his his main mission. Like, that was just almost an arbitrary decision. Well, Actually, he is a Terminator, stu- so yes. he doesn't care about human lives. But it was a stupid decision, because I guess we're, we're meant to believe he did get the information from her. But either way, like, 
if he didn't, then he killed her before he found out the information. And if he did get it from her, you're supposed to believe that, you know, once he kills the other person, everything should have already started, but it, it wasn't enough. Like, every time he kills someone in this, there's someone more to kill before it actually matters. Like, he's trying to get to this one person. And I just, I found it really uninteresting, because if it's really interesting and you're, like, jumping back in time, wouldn't you have a little more information than just, like, this one thing? But apparently that's all he had, and... We have to watch him, like, figure it out. Because that's the good thing about the Terminator, is he goes right to Sarah Connor. Like, he doesn't, like, you know, like, go running around, like, hey, have you heard of this girl, Sarah Connor? Like, it's not, like, a whole thing. He just goes to the place where he was told to go, because that's the whole point of it being, like, a futuristic, like, almost machine-style craziness, is that there is one mission, and it's a direct line to that person. It's not, you know, let's, like, do more detective work back in time. That's what, I think, complicates it, is that... Every time they kind of get close, they have to peel another layer back. Which, I mean, the linchpin thing that they brought up earlier in the last season, I, it is a it is a, a silly little premise where it's just this one thing that sets off a huge, like, you know, torrential wave of, of events. But it is still one thing. It's a direct line. Like, there's not, you know, you don't have to figure out four or five different other things to get to that point. They realize that's the one thing. They don't have to go and talk to four different people to find out what you want to know. It just felt so convoluted by the end of the... Like, there's a point, too, when he's being interrogated where he's like, you don't know what I've... Like, I've seen tons of stuff. Man, I've been in Nazi Germany. I was like, what? I'm like, what are we even... What is this going on? Like, that's too much information. I don't need to know about all the other things he's lived through and all his... like. The rest. I feel like, obviously, the main reason why he, you know, is a time traveler and they're here is because they want to joke around about the fact that Castle and Beckett do great things in the future. Like, it's so stupid. That could have been alone, the plot. Like, you don't need... If anything, I would have enjoyed more about this is a guy comes back from the future and it's, like, unrelated to all You should want any deaths. version of a guy coming back from the future, Mora. Well, obviously, yes. But, I mean, if you're gonna do it on a show like this, it should have been unrelated to whatever deaths happen. The fact that it's involved with those deaths is, is something right out of a movie. Like, it doesn't... It seems almost too grandiose. You know? It's too... It's too high concept for a show like this. It just seems ridiculous. I don't know. But so, in the, in this interrogation, he is searching for why she's targeted. He doesn't know, at this point, why she's targeted. Because, I guess, his side of things... He, he Again, he claims, like, he's this, like, you know, well, yeah, objective okay, well, observer. Well, I'll say, like, the vague parts that uh, we were talking about, like, that's the 12 mon- monkeys aspect of the whole right. thing. Mm-hmm. Where you're trying to figure out why. Yeah. And I you get have to, that. like, parse the, the very little clues you have. Although, I'm... apparently, he... D- like, he does have the... Oh, whatever. A lot of clues. I know! Like, he knows all this stuff. Once they actually start talking about it, he's like, oh yeah, of course this. I'm like, well, if you knew that, why was this such a complicated situation to begin with? Like, how did you not know the, the child from, like, the very beginning? Exactly. Exactly. Like, he should be at least someone that he's... Like, on the list of things he should do is, well, I should try to talk to this guy because he lives in this in this block of time that I'm traveling back towards. He's also from 2035. It's not that far in the future. So, right. this is a lot of shit to go down in, like, 20 years for Beckett to be a senator and there'd be energy wars. <laughs> like, that's still... The words energy wars sounds like a bad sci-fi novel. And, uh, so, he, they, they start naming the castle. Yeah. And they start uh, name-checking the butterfly effect. He's like, oh, no, that doesn't really matter. Like, small ripples in a river, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's so much, like, hand-waving. I, all right, I don't want to get too far into it, but the reason why time travel doesn't really exist is that it doesn't already exist. Like, why are we even having this conversation about him? Like, I, that they, the fact that they didn't bring that up from someone like Richard Castle, who's, like, a sci-fi and, like, mystery junkie, 
is ridiculous. Like not really. I, when again, like I call this the Big Bang Theory of procedurals. The next scene is just them like saying, "Ha ha, twelve monkeys. Ha ha, Terminator. Ha ha, Doctor Who." That's it. The Doctor Who creatively part was bankrupt. Terrible. terrible. It was so bad. But he he should totally say like you know what what the fuck like time travel has never existed before. If it was possible, it should have been happening all throughout time. Like, that's just a fact of- Like, that's when people try and say, like, well, how do you know it's not real, but it hasn't been invented yet. The fact that it's ever invented in the future means that the people from the future can already jump back to this period of time. So either there's some, like- How do you know they like, haven't, though, Mora? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> but so- How do you know they haven't? Well, he's been a Nazi Germany. The- I, what am I I'm saying? A- I, how know. do you know they didn't cause Hitler? Oh, how do you know Jesus that the people Christ. who time travel aren't the villains of the world? God damn it. But so yeah, Mora. He- <laughs> also, Wait, maybe you, people are you a time traveler? <laughs> maybe people like, but no. If time travel were real, maybe the people in like reality who are having time travel, they would know better than like every TV and movie character, and they would make true. sure people didn't know they have fucking time travel. I'm just saying. Your argument, so yeah, very maybe flimsy. all of maybe Sorry. all of the time travelers like place these really crappy scenes of time travel into TVs and movies so we <gasps> never know. Is it a huge exactly. conspiracy? That'd be Maybe. Because, no. honestly, if time travel is real, like, you would want to keep it as secret and locked up as humanly possible. Absolutely. On, like, every TV and movie show ever. Yes. Like, the... the I mean, obviously, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a time traveler, right? <laughs> like, that's why he's like, let's get Looper made, guys. Um, but, yeah, so, I, I don't understand what we're really supposed to take from that besides he's a crazy person. I guess they're supposed to well, try and hunt down. He, they take his information like, let's like run down his leads. I'm like, well, what? Well, he says he's definitely the guy it. because apparently Esposito is a terrible cop. And also, we know he's crazy <laughs> because Beckett won't shut the fuck up about it and apparently she just hates mentally ill people is what I get, got this episode. She does like say something. She's just like, just another fucking rough. paranoid schizophrenic, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that was what crazy. I was like, Jesus. Like, she's not wrong in the sense that he's probably deranged based on what they know, but she says it so flippantly, like, just another, like, it really, you're not exaggerating. She genuinely does mm-hmm. dismiss it that quickly. It's pretty upsetting. Everyone be a real time traveler just because. Just to fuck with her, exactly. about mental health, apparently. <laughs> yes, which is ridiculous because she's just, in the last season, suffered extreme PTSD. <laughs> well, like, should be Laura, they killed her mother, so. Mm. No, they me. shot her. Ugh. But so, so. God damn it. But so they, they, they decide to start running down this guy's leads like he is the best witness they could possibly get, which is giving him way too much power, if I'm, if I'm to be honest. Like, he basically tells them what to do, and they go off and do it. Like, it's ridiculous. But I know, obviously, that's the reason that they're trying to move the plot along, but it just comes across, like, really, really upsetting. And that's when we get the terrible Doctor Who joke, where, uh, it's, isn't it funny that Esposito knows who's doc- he watches oh, Doctor Who? Oh, it's a joke again. Oh, my gosh. Big Bang Theory. There was a joke and, there. Yeah, well, they, they, he does come back with this, like, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, like, it's not magic, obviously, it's supposed to be, like, tech, but it's, like, some high-tech, like, futuristic something, I don't even know what it really does besides just search for things, like, it has, like, a bunch of, like, hieroglyphs on this screen, and it's supposed to be, like, you know, p- parsing information and telling you things. Again, 2035, 20 years from now, we're using some kind of futuristic hieroglyphics to, to communicate, but okay. <laughs> sure, all right. I really um, haven't remembered until you keep saying 2035 that that was the time frame that they gave. Yes. That's so, yes. that is so soon. Like, that's it is. So, well, they had to. They were, they were, their hands were tied. That's why I said that this is too high concept of a premise for it to be about wars and everything. It would be, ma- it would make more sense if it was about because, you know, Beckett gets shot as a senator or something like that. That would at least make more sense. But that's like, true. 
they were tied to this. Oh, we want to mention the fact that they're still famous and they're successful in the future, and they and can't do they that if he's from twenty. Oh God! In, in in thirty years, I guess they have time to. to they have three kids, them. and Alexis is not mentioned at all. I know. Is she one of the three kids? That's some wicked stepmother shit right there. She's like completely erased Alexis from the family. Maybe she's dead. Maybe Alexis is dead in the in the energy war. And oh. Captain Spike has three replacement kids. I don't think, honestly, let's get into it. I don't think I'd have three kids if there were energy wars going on. That was kind of like a little I mean, bit. I don't think I would have three kids, but like, you guys aren't really spring chickens anyway. That's what I was Exactly. Thinking. I was like, hey, wait, how old is everybody? She's like 70. <laughs> what is happening? Like, how old is They're like everyone? 30, right? She's got to be like, they're in their 30, late 30s or 40s. They have to be late 30s, let's yeah. be honest. But, but I think at the beginning of the popping series, out those kids like ASAP. So let's think. If she's got three kids in the next 30 years, give or take, she's got to be at least, like, 70 as a senator. Like, I mean, I buy it because that definitely happens, but still, like, that's a huge life change to make it the age of 70. Like, you would have become a a politician a little bit earlier than that, you'd think, but... Maybe she was chief of police before she became a senator, but they don't give any information beyond, you guys have three kids and you don't write mystery novels anymore. Like, it was, like, the cheesiest... Like, like a terrible game of service. math. It's quite serious things. Like, yeah. we're supposed to pretend that Castle's actually a good writer, so... <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, we are. You're definitely right. We're supposed to. But I always... I did like that sometimes they did hint the fact that he was maybe just campy. I, like, I will not... say that I, I believe that Castle knows a lot about good writing and writing in general. I will not say that he's a good writer. Like, right. like secretly. Well, in this version of events, he becomes a serious writer, which we'll get to later on. But he stops writing that, you know, silly mystery novel bullshit, which is just... Like he writes what he fucking likes. Fuck you. Yeah. And it's also, that's like his, that's his whole premise of the show is that he writes cheesy mystery novels. Like, cool. The whole premise is going and bankrupt in 2035. <laughs> Sounds like a future I want to sign up for. But so he... Huh, they, they figure out more about this time of death thing, because the one thing he mentions in the interview is that I was told 1258 and nothing more, and when they talk to Lainey about it, who's the medical examiner, she tells them that the death was actually between, instead of what they thought, like if it had been this guy who'd murdered her, she would have died around 530 when he was seen fleeing the scene and hitting well, the neighbor. Well, Beckett doesn't want to believe it, because Beckett has it out for this mentally ill guy. <laughs> And she does. Like, Later on, this guy had, he probably just changed her watch. Like, I'm, not, I'm not even. That's terrible I'm not police even, work. He, he does. He's, she says that he, he maybe he just framed her for being, uh, because he's the the, the the watch that's on the the victim's hand stopped at twelve fifty eight, and then of course Castle's like wink 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 like this is clearly <laughs> a, a whole thing, and she's like maybe he just changed it on there to try and make him look like the, the good guy. And he, of but, course, his fingerprints aren't on the watch, even though they're on everything else. That was the one thing right. he like, I mean, he's put on gloves. Like, shut up. Shut and up. <laughs> they do also find that she had, like, a receipt or something, or she had her credit card. Um, she charged enough for two at a restaurant, so she might be dining with the killer or something. So they go and check that out. Although, I'm gonna go back to what you're saying, though, Latoya. She also nonchalantly says, well... I don't want to get that guy out in the wind yet, so I'm just going to try and figure out a way to hold him on a psycho valve. I was like, that's crazy. She's basically trying to figure out a way to get this guy held so she doesn't have to be out on the streets messing with people, basically, is the is the, is the Going around being all crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. Be- yeah, it's because time travel isn't real. That's why. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alayda, I think you're wrong. And you'll survive. <laughs> Well, you, I was right. You slipped up, Latoya. Your actual time travel. I saw your pro time travel. 
<laughs> rhetoric is so strong. My, All right, my so... pro time travel. My pro mental health care. Yes. That's You're really from the future. The where mental really illness is treated as a real illness. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, but yeah, so the prostitute that she was with, we find out later on she was with a girl and she was a pro, as, as the bartender points out. Because the bartender... I always think of the John Mulaney bit where somehow the bartenders at these places are able to recognize people from everywhere. The, the woman, not only does she say that she recognizes this girl as a prostitute, she recognizes her as a prostitute because she bartends also at another bar across town on other nights and she's a regular there. So I'm like, the odds of this woman recognizing a prostitute from working a different job in New York City is insane. Like, I'm that's sorry. not possible. Uh, do you have experience working as a bartender with multiple jobs because you can't pay the bills and hanging around prostitutes? Because I feel like <laughs> That actually makes sense. I guess, but it's just, it sounds like a high-end bar the way she said the second one that she works at. So, and if there are regular prostitutes, you're going to recognize them. I that guess, one is maybe. far from the least believable thing in this episode. But the fact that this bartender happens to work at a place where this other person frequents twice is there's a lot of bars in New York. It's a pretty huge coincidence for this all to land on because she gives them like the kind of the... the breaking point is that she was a lesbian well yeah i I figure also because she has to like work at a high-end bar because like i feel like a lesbian bar isn't going to be paying the bills that much i feel like that's pretty niche (laughs) maybe maybe but she does get she gets um she she hooks up with the well we know her as shauna the the, the victim she um well they found lipstick on her chin or, or her cheek so they know that she was with a woman that night of course when they when they discover this and Kat, before they go and talk to this woman, Castle basically, like, leers at the camera, like, she was with a woman. Yeah, there was <laughs> like, a weird-ass is... pause when they talked about that. I was like, right? oh, I felt right. so creeped out. I'm like, I know, obviously, this is, like, this is his wheelhouse where he's gonna be like, ladies, yeah. But it's just, it's not the first time we've seen lesbians on the show, is it? My God, I can't even, ugh. But so he, he's like, honestly. he's shocked. He's like, oh. And so they both go and they, they interview the, the bartender and they figure out that this has got to be the call, the call girl was involved in the murder because she would have been with her right up until when she was murdered, practically. And they go and uh, investigate the, the call girl or the prostitute. She says, oh, well, I didn't kill her. It was not me. At first she, like, lies. Like, flat out lies. Like, they're not going to have videotape footage of you talking to this girl. But she, she tries it. She lies and they say, oh, no, we have evidence of you being with her. And she says, well, I didn't kill her. I was paid to to uh, seduce her and get her keys. I'm like, so you wouldn't think that... I mean, I guess she feels, obviously, tied in the situation she's in, that her boss is telling her to do this. You know, her, like, lot- her manager is what they say. She calls her. her I mean, when they say, and instead of actually, like, going to the cops over that, like, she clearly must have figured out, like, well, I stole these keys for someone. That's gonna end badly for the girl whose keys they are, but whatever. And the the manager slash pimp Nick, who's also just been, um, uh, I guess arrested for something else. God knows he's he's always probably getting arrested. He, they tell him that she's been busted. For no, he wasn't. It was because they they basically said uh, lied and said she was being held. That way he would have to come bail her out. That's why. Right, but when he talks to them, he says, "Oh, I was just in jail." So he's always also just always in and out of jail. He, himself, he's a I pimp. Think. He's yes, a pimp. I, I mean, as you're wanting to jail. Do. Also, it was played um, by Rod Rowland, who, as soon as I saw him in the credits, I'm like, oh, yeah, he did it, which, this is actually a, a, <laughs> yeah, a, a, like an extreme waste of Rod Rowland. They just used him for one scene, which is insane. He was good, though. I mean, he's creepy in this, but he did a good job of being extra creepy. But he, he points... I'm remembering okay. how convoluted this episode is. Like, <laughs> yes. I totally forgot about the 
the prostitute and then the pimp and the kiss and the key. That's what I mean. We haven't this even is gotten such to, like, the onion. rest of... We haven't even actually gotten to the person who the time travelers have come back to, like... <laughs> Stop! That's what I'm saying. Like, this is... The Terminator bullshit of this is that if it was literally a Terminator thing, they'd have a name and a location. They don't need to... I mean, you could say, like, well, in his future, he didn't have that much information. Fine, whatever, but it's still not interesting because that's how real Terminators work, is that they no, have saying, a that, direct... That, that's the 12th Monkeys aspect of it. Yeah, and we still but have it's to not get to the um, Brad Pitt from 12 Monkeys part. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, so he... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just remembering which, how... Which it is, is, it's only a Brad Pitt from 12 Monkeys part just from the picture of the guy before he's cut his hair. That's it. That's all they did. That's it. It's ridiculous. And I, I, I should say, the fact that it's so... I mean, huh, no pun intended. It's aping 12 Monkeys so... Like, to the point is one right, thing. Right, you intended that pun. I didn't. But <laughs> the thing about 12 Monkeys is that while I find it enjoyable, it is on purpose very convoluted because yes. that's the kind of sh- that, like movie it is. And it ha- it's able because to spend its to entire... all that stuff on like here. And it's super interesting because the whole premise is its own, like, you're, you're stepping into that world for the first time as you're watching it. This is an already established universe. They have to shoehorn in all this. And also, Alexis is moving in with Pi, FYI. Like, it was just crazy. Like, you can't introduce that kind of stuff and then also have a time traveler who's searching for another time traveler by hunting down clues through other time people. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> and so, instead of that, and, and then... And the fact that they all had pre-existing relationships or knowing a knowledge of who these people were just made it even more confusing because when they keep telling, like, they eventually tell Gomez about the fact that, like, uh, she's looking for this person, he recognizes names and stuff. Like, it's just so stupid. I I can't, I have no patience for it. But at the same time that they realize that, you know, the, 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 the pimp was told to do this from a former cellmate, finally he's we scared get of this person. guy this guy doesn't even speak so i don't know how he told him to do anything right maybe he wrote a very detailed note <laughs> and spilled some coffee on it i don't know but so he he's been told to do this by his former cellmate and he was afraid at five points he was afraid to uh go against his word because he seems like a crazy person i mean oh. when you meet him you, you understand why oh by the, but, by the way any uh we, we completely skipped the point where joshua gomez disappears well, no, we're about to get there. That's the next, that's literally the next scene, is that he just... It's, uh, no, it's before, uh, that's before Rod Rowland shows up. Oh, is it? Yeah. So they went to go ask him afterward. Either way, they send a doc, the doctor, the, the psychologist is there to give him the psych eval, and he's gone. So they're like, oh, no. And, uh, they talk to the, oh, you're right, yes. Cause yeah, and Castle apparently it. got excellent stock tips from him, because, you know, what you do. This show. Like, <laughs> God, that makes me so mad. Because I didn't like, really remember that. Like, not where, when. I'm like, dump oh, no. this man so and never weird. speak to him again. But, like, the fact that you just said that, that he got stock tips from him, I didn't remember him saying that, but, like, it's so in character for Castle that it makes me furious because I hate it with everything. You know what? I think it's checked like out person. because time travel is real, apparently. <sighs> but yeah, so so Gomez is gone. He's vanished, and they go to try and figure out more questions, and he's he's miss, he's missing. But the um, the mix up of paperwork, obviously, yeah. And that, so so she's basically now she's insulting like lower level people in the like the precinct because she does. She's like <laughs> she someone, she calls them desk monkeys. <laughs> desk monkeys that no one wants to like uh, drop what? the dime. Like, what is wrong with you? She's a raging bitch. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. She used to, like, defend those people in earlier seasons. Like, it's ridiculous. But so, did she, like, honestly, yeah, did she? Yeah, she was a lot more, just, I think she was she, a lot more, I don't know. 
She gets Alexis that job as a, a quote unquote desk monkey. That's not being but, uh, a good person though. That's just getting like your like your lust interest daughter a job. That's basically nepotism. Yeah. Oh man. Um. But yeah. So so he's missing. He's uh, Gomez has vanished, and they don't know where or when. And they're afraid that you know the person who's out trying to kill these people is going to get to the person that they need to speak to as well, the brother-in-law. And speaking of the person, they show a picture of Garrett Ward. Oh, fucking hell. And the picture is so creepy, which at least it is that well. Garrett Dillahunt terminated Sarah Connor Chronicles. Seriously. Yes. And so he he is... Well, we should say that the the other guy, uh, the pimp, who was his cellmate, he does say he might have been military because he was always doing (laughs) push-ups. Like, that's (laughs) that's the only person that does push-ups? Yes. Okay. Okay. Those are the only people Um, who do push-ups when they're in jail. Guys, uh, this is, like, a well-known fact. I don't know where uh, you are. Maybe his bed uh, was also made unlike pies. God damn it. God damn it. But so he says, he, he, and then he's like, I don't really have any information for you, except there's this one time he says he had unfinished business and a mission to complete. I'm like, okay. And so then, you basically have every information that we need. And yeah, and then we learn that he is a, quote, anti-science nut job. You can guess which character said it because she hates the mentally ill. <laughs> oh, yes. she, yeah. There's a lot That's of red bad. flags in this episode that I have forgotten. Yes, but she she says it would change every. Well, they figure out it would change everything based on this mission of his. Yeah, that Castle explains the him, timeline the with timeline. a great. Oh, y'all, I liked that flowchart. The lines. He was like, "Here's this line. They intercepted here's it the, here. Now we they're gonna." Were. But so, um, they, he, uh, the 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 one, the Grant Ward guy had never been arrested for um uh, Garrett Ward. Anything. Garrett Ward is a different character completely. Yes, I know. But so, uh, Garrett Ward was only in existence after he was arrested for bringing a backpack bomb into the Global Energy Conference. There's no record of him before, like, 2007, they said? Yeah, like, 2005 or 7, yeah, something like that. And, and of course, Beckett's like, well, that that explains it. He's just an anti, like you said, anti-energy crazy person. And Castle's like... Or he's another time traveler. It's like, duh, duh, well, duh. Uh, and, just, uh. and then she and says, so they, fuck time travel and fuck sick people. <laughs> Basically. And then we're reminded that they're a couple. And they also figure out at this point when they're looking through some information about the Global Energy Conference, there's like a list of speakers and they realize the stepbrother is one of the speakers. So they're like, oh my god, the sister wasn't the target after all. It was him. Now, if you're a famous, like, like I guess he's what, uh... He really is Big Bang Theory. He's a theoretical physicist because, of course, he's a, he's a theoretical fucking physicist. Because he's Joe Morton from T two, of course he is. He's Joe Morton from most things. Let's be real. He's Joe, Joe Morton, Morton from Eureka. Is what you want to Eureka. say, basically? There, yes. to you. Oh, but so he he, if he's that high profile a, a human being, but apparently he's, he's like, not, which we'll learn later too. But I'm also confused because the place where he was at that got bombed that they prevented from being bombed, where the guy was arrested. Like, once you have that happen, wouldn't you be like, uh, the cops are here investigating about something else, I should probably volunteer that information, is I have a, he- I have a history with being attacked by, by terrorists, basically. Well, I mean, but there's no connection, really, between his sister getting killed by, like, 
But what I'm saying is, if it was me, I'd want to know. I want to just clarify, I'm not responsible for my sister being murdered, right? And they'll say, oh, no, of course not. But you should totally volunteer that. Like, look at this suspect who's who's terrorized my own life. Maybe they're terrorizing my sister's life. It's like if you ever had, like, a stalker, you're not going to not bring them up to the police if someone in your family You've gets never killed. never seen Joshua Gomez. Yeah, but, I don't know. To me, I'm like, if the cops ask me about anybody in my family being murdered, I'm going to bring up someone who's terrorized my life. Years ago, that I would not. It. That would not. I would not connect that at all. Because there, she's a parole officer as well. Like that makes more sense. I would not bring up this uh, almost bombing that happened years ago, like five years ago. That. But he gets like a bunch that. of letters. He gets letters all the time, though. I feel like it's probably not the only time he's ever been yelled at about this. I don't know. I and just, nothing so I about only the, figure it. And nothing about the murder of his sister itself, like, so, seems like anything that would be connected to that. Because, like. The serial killer would make it clear that, hey, this is because of you, do, and there's nothing about that. But she that was way. tortured. They did have to tell her that she was tortured. Again. Like, that, why it, else would she be tortured? If, uh, you would probably put, like, maybe some science there or something. Like, a, a parole officer getting tortured by a criminal, like, no one would think, oh, it's probably because of the theoretical physicist's work. Like, where, how yes. would you jo- jump from that point to that point? Well, people usually get tortured for information, so you find you figure out like, well, I mean, like, these are cops. If they they should at least have that on a list of things. Of, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They should at least have that on their on their radar. Is figure out what he does. Because she's parole officer, she would also have information about other criminals. So why wouldn't they just assume if he is torturing her for information, it would be about that? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I just think that like when they find like they they also knew that the address was unlisted. There are a lot of like red flags that they realize. They don't actually have to talk to the brother before they actually figure out, oh, he's involved. That's how close a connection it really is. Is Basically, like, by scanning a bunch of documents and seeing his name there, they're like, oh, it all fits. The brother's Except for involved. there wasn't even really a reason for their sister to be killed anyway. So how are they connected? It's so stupid. It is stupid. I don't know why they, they killed her. I don't know why they didn't go for the wife instead, for example. But I guess they couldn't find the wife. It but feels, the wife must have a job outside of what he does. I mean, like... with that big house... Someone's gotta have money. <laughs> Something's yeah. happening. I think it feels like they looked at an episode of like a show that did time travel and were like, okay, let's take all the crappiest elements of this episode and put right. it to our episode. At, like, i.e., all of the confusing, like, plot circuitousness that doesn't really make any sense. Like, it's, I, the, the way that the story jumps from this initial murder to then. Being a being about like subsequent murders and then all this other stuff is it just like feels it bogs down an already like really heavy heavy in a bad way episode that's too full of like trying to keep all these things together. I don't know. It's confusing too because I, I, it's, it seems like this is the actual thread is that he's trying to just get to this professor and once he's dead everything's good, but turns out that's also just another uh, nesting doll. Like there's another. It's just another way of trying to get to the real person they want to get to, which we'll get to later on in a second, but they're trying to get to some other student that's inspired by him, that the the child. But I feel like it, uh, we should get actually to uh, the death of the, uh, the stepmother because it leads to my favorite part of the episode, the super fucking hot uh, officer who talks about how he is dead. Did you like pay attention to this guy? He was so attractive. I want to go back. I'm gonna. I'll, yeah, I'll I'll go back. Like, you're not he was so hot. Oh my god. <laughs> I was probably like, like, asleep at this point. That's go to this I, right now. He's a random police officer. He was upsettingly pretty. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't oh, know this, but I'm going to go back and look now. You. <laughs> Get, paying the bills. 
But also, like, I, 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 not to breeze over to who, but I just, I, I do, I am curious about why they went to the sister to torture her and find out through that. Sure, are these two, like, retired? I know they're unlisted, but, like, there must be other ways to, to find out what this guy's doing every day. Because if he's still a theoretical physicist, he was on the news. Like, I, they, they should cut to a clip of him, like, discussing uh, global energy on, like, uh, supposed to be, like, Charlie Rose or something. I'm like, so couldn't he, like, stalk the Charlie Rose offices and follow him home? Like, why did he have to involve the sister? It's so weird. But so they 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 kill him and they show up at the at the brother's place, which like you said, is this huge. We we saw earlier when they first. Also, he's him, unlisted, like but like, uh, was he a professor? Because like, does right, the that's what I'm does saying. The university have records? Does he have an office or something too? Like, there are plenty of things to do. Like, there are many ways to try and get to him besides torturing and killing a sister. Like, I, I get that time travelers are not detectives. <laughs> no, that's true. But it just seems like an extreme. I mean, it kind of also just, it blows your cover, is what I'm saying, too. Mm. Like, why go to that length when you could, like, behind the scenes quietly make a case and then kill him subtly, and then not, you know, almost get killed in the situation where he's trying to kill the other person. Like, he he could have done all this behind the scenes before anybody even realized what he was trying to do and kill that other guy. But instead he makes all this noise, and now he's on the run, basically, because they know it's him, and they figure out that okay, we gotta stop this guy before he kills the real person who he was there to try and keep. He went to the, the house murders the husband in front of the wife, which is really sad. But the wife says he was calling out for the name The Child. And we find out later on, based on a letter that is in his notes, when they do track him down, he actually means D-Child, which is such the a- child. It makes it even D-E-S-C-H-I-L-E. more annoying. D-H-I-L-E. It's even more annoying that we were, we were meant to, like, be misled in that sense as well, because it's to that level. And also, if he knows the name D-Child- why is he even bothering with this random professor? Someone has to be listed. To My God, it's crazy to me. Like, but also, like, it's not like the professor was work, or maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think the professor was working with him that closely. So it really almost felt like you were just going to talk to some random person who he has a letter from, knowing that at one point he was happy to you know, give a speech in front of and inspire. Like, it wasn't like this is his grad student and maybe he'll have information about where he's located. But like, the tangential it, relationship of it. Right, exactly. And I totally get that he may not have all the information, but he's been there and on the case as long as Beckett and all the other ones have, and they've come up with a better way to try and get in touch with the child than he ever did. It's so convoluted. <laughs> but I guess at some point he... Like, even though... This is even more annoying, because as he's in the in the in the... The, the house beating and killing the husband and calling out for where is the child. He kills the husband. I guess the husband never tells him where the child is and he still manages to find him. So why did you go there in the first place? There's no there's no through line to that in my opinion. I don't get it. Oh, is this a picture of Latoya? He is Latoya! Oh my god. It's so upsetting. Like, what? Oh my god. What was the oh, point of that? that? Definitely. Why well, I, I do the point of that. I get the point of it. <laughs> Let's be real. Alright, well... That's part of this goddamn episode. <laughs> so anyway, so so um, for some reason he, he tries to get it out of the, the husband before he died. For some reason he's able to get it out of him that we're not even told if, if that's the case. Or some he had some other way of tracking him down. And oh, But he does figure out based off of that that he can call whatever roommate in Oregon and find him that way. I'm confused because I guess he's still, he's still living there, but then, like, they also tell us about this roommate in Oregon. Like, why are you in... It's just so... There's too many threads to, to keep track of in addition to all the time travel. I don't need to know that this this guy is also living in 
Manhattan, but he went to grad school in, in Oregon and blah, 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 blah. And so he he's at a planetarium for whatever reason. Yay! And so they're gonna okay, go track I really like that they're at the planetarium. I enjoyed that setting for a shootout. Yes, it, it was it was nice, although it was kind of sad because it, it felt like super... Like, all the people there were probably a lot of children as well, yeah, in my opinion, because planetariums I, are a lot of kids. I, was I, a planet, uh, I completely, like, just blocked out a planetarium. Yeah, they and go to the planetarium later plants. on. Well, we do, well, I mean, we, we'll get back to that in a second, because well, they go to the planetarium at the end, but that's where they track him down eventually. But this is where they start trying to find this guy more desperately, because the other dude is in the wind, and they're trying to figure out where he's going to go, because... He basically, I mean, for some reason, they think he has all the information he needs to track down this the child person, but we don't really even know what he's talking about until later on. But um, they do also take a moment to, to, to stop by some energy conference again, some other yeah, energy which conference. They show the lead uh, uh, for this particular thread. It, like, his picture is like, it's Brad Pitt in 12 Monkeys. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. And the, the, the conference that they go to, they hear the tail end of the speech, it might be one of the worst. I know it's, I mean, it's, it's a speech on a TV show where it's a, such a minor speech, you're not supposed to really be moved by it, but it was such a terribly written speech. It ends with the, with the sentence, like, will the earth survive it? Question mark. I'm like, there's no call to action. I know this kind of, it's just, it was a really, like, and it, it ends on, like, a big, like, like, fiery background. It was just such a heavy-handed, and, and everyone, like, stands up and claps. I'm like, no one, that, that seemed like a really morose ending to a speech for people to stand up and, and cheer, but I mean, okay. wasn't he showing, like, pictures of, like, flames and... Yes! It was ridiculous! Shit. It was so stupid. Will the earth survive it? And, uh, everyone's, like, thrilled, and they go and they talk to the speaker <laughs> in a second, and he says, oh, um... I definitely remember the guy you're talking about, this this uh, ward guy, which apparently he was much more chatty back then, and he mentioned that when he was coming to these things, warning off people of this war, which again, I don't even know why he'd be coming to the energy conference, he should hate the energy conference, which is the reason why he tried to bomb the energy conference, but at some point he, he was, was able to chat off the guy. Yeah, I deceptive. guess. But not very deceptive, because this guy was like, that guy was a freak from the beginning, in the beginning, and he said he was talking about blood on his hands. And talking about a war like it was all very real, like you were right, you're dead on, this is exactly how the wars actually happened. And I just, like, who, you're the least subtle person. Also, this guy has never said a single word, as you've seen on screen yet, so why is he suddenly, like, the chattiest Kathy in the world? But I wouldn't know what the casting was specifically for, like, they could right? like, cast Terminator looks first and realize no to acting, honestly, because I could read you some of, the, of this actor's credits for the Terminator. I mean, he does a good job of being intimidating. I'll give him that. I, I, I honestly, not do a ton of acting. I had to check first to see, is he a stunt, is like a stunt guy that they were like, here, you can be in this? Because, do you mind if I read his credits? Buy that. Please. Let's see. He's been in NCIS Los Angeles as foot soldier. He's <laughs> been in uh, CSI as bouncer. Mm. He's been, uh, let's see, in the Mindy Project as burly concierge. Ooh. He was an episode of The Bold and the Beautiful as a character named Hercules. Oh my god. Ooh. He's currently, uh, he's done four episodes of Days of Our Lives as Henchman 2. Yeah, he was an episode of American Horror Story as Cracker number one. What? Yeah. Does that mean, like, Cracker as in white guy, or Cracker as in, like, I think Cracker? I or... think as in, as white guy. Oh, I have so many He was questions. in a, a short film, like, yeah, he's been in a lot of shitty, like, films that no one's heard of. A short film called Roshambo Apocalypse as The Russian. Oh. He was in a short film called I Want Him Dead as Muscle Man. He had right, a I'm lead- seeing a pattern. 
Yes, he had a lead role in a uh, direct-to-video movie called Vampire Boys as Dane. He got a character name because of that. Which, uh, I want to see, is Vampire Boys an Asylum thing? Because I feel like it is. <laughs> it kind of does sound Vampire Boys. It looks like Z. the Covenant. Uh, no, not with a Z, but it looks like the Covenant, but with vampires. Should have been with a like, Z. It <laughs> really should have, is what you're describing it. It's definitely Here's, with a Z. The poster for it uh, is four vampire men in the sh- their shirts are open to show off their abs. Oh my gosh. I need to watch this movie. I know. It's so amazing. Yeah, it looks like the Covenant, but like with vampires. But he doesn't really speak in this in this role. I mean, he doesn't speak at all. Yeah, He's not a speaking yeah. part. But it's he, even when he is shown, and when they do talk about him, like the, the the cellmate talking about him, he does imply heavily that he basically never says a word. So for him to for this other guy to be like, oh yeah, he was telling me about this, and I'm like, yeah, every well, time they either say he wrote said that anything, wrong, like, or... what are you talking about? Yeah, okay. You, you, one minute he's not talking about anything, and the other minute he's telling you he has all these plans to, like, stop the Earth War or whatever stupid stuff it is. And so he, he mentions, he did also mention, like, casually, as you would, with a random speaker at an energy conference you've barely met, and are secretly trying to bomb and destroy, oh yeah, I'm, I'm living by an abandoned power plant because the electromagnetic fields helped the government from uh, finding me. I'm like, you would never volunteer that information! That's ridiculous! It was the most unreal. I pulled me right. I mean, I wouldn't say I pulled me right out of the episode. I was long pulled out of the episode, but it was so like, all right, look, it's basically Act Three. You have to get to this this power, this power plant before we had to like close the episode. So here's a here's a yeah. Obviously you decide to live in a power plant as you do. It's abandoned, but like, who lives? What? Who lives in a that's power a, plant? And also, right there, you would never be able to get into a power plant once it's been closed down. That seems like it's probably very very highly secured because. It probably still has some kind of a... I mean, I don't know what kind of power plant it was. It looked like it was an electric power plant. But I imagine there's definitely uh, people that try and break in there and do things. So I don't think that that would be just the kind of place you could just hop right in. It just but, seems, uh, he, it seems like a fill-in-the-blank... Where's, like, a cool spot that we can have kind of, like, a time traveler face-off? Oh, and, like, an abandoned... Uh, power plant like that sounds it felt like mad it's also the same location they use for like every time they have to drive out of the city to some random place they've shown this there was like the the whole like that awful terrorism episode where it was they there was like the taxi drivers that were all terrorists because sure and they drive they find a taxi on like blocks in the middle of like a warehouse district and it's the same exact location like it's all the like, same exterior because i mean i it, understandably it's just basically an abandoned warehouse the look of it like you can't really tell it's a power plant they show a tiny little like from this from the the water view of like big power lines or something <laughs> but it's still it's very obviously not legitimately a power plant i have plant something very important to say what Apparently the vampire movies are gay vampire <laughs> films. Oh! So, yes. I'm definitely going to watch these movies. They <laughs> sound extra great right now. But, uh... No, there's <laughs> also, so many abs. Also, I love that you're that far down the hole of looking at these vampire movies that you somehow figured that out. I don't know if that's in the description. Well, no, yeah, basically, I was like, wait... <laughs> Is this supposed to be super gay? And like, wait, he, he's playing this seducer like guy named Jason? Wait, is this a gay vampire film? I mean, it just sounds amazing the more you say it, too. Yes, this is but, uh, definitely a gay, gay vampire, vampire film franchise. Go, good for it. Get get your money, guys. Um, But so, so he they decided to go check out this, this abandoned power plant, which is where we first see where he's been living. And Garrett is obviously... He's... 
he's a crazy person to start because he's gonna try and like bring about the apocalypse by jumping back into time. But they show his like place of of habitude, and it's like literally looks like a, a fallout shelter situation. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. But before they actually like they they run into him where he's living, and they see like a bunch of things like on the floor, like oh someone's been here, and they they turn around a corner, and he like lunges out of nowhere, like bricks back into the ground like instantly, and then Rick tries to tackle her. Or tackle him, which I appreciate. They don't let Rick do a lot in this show. Like, he kind of just runs around flailing a lot of episodes, which I, I do appreciate. I'm plenty now that uh, Beckett's barely in any episodes, so. Yeah, maybe now. I should I should check that out, like, one or, one or two episodes just to see how horrible it is. But he he didn't really do a ton in this show because Rick is not a trained cop. And, and they have, I actually follow procedure a lot of the time with that, which some shows just kind of let anybody walk on and start, like, being part of the gang, whereas at least this, they kind of made sure that he would, like, try and stay in the car, and they would just force him to wear a vest and that kind of stuff. But in this, he does get to tackle him, although he also is not able to put him down, which, understandable, because this guy is a huge beast. Like, he's basically, well, I mean, he's the equivalent of a gay vampire, if you could picture that. Um, <laughs> but so he, so he he gets tackled to the ground, and by the time he, they're about to try and, like, you know, put him down, Rick's about to get thrown again all across the room. But Gomez shows up with... I don't even know what he's trying to do. Like, the same, like, scanner thing, I guess, is able to it's do like something else. like a time taser. I'm confused because I didn't think that was what that was meant to be. I don't know. Be. It's a beacon, a tracking beacon, or whatever he said. But also, like, why would that stop this guy from... I don't get it. Like, that's not enough. Like, the guy should just run over, murder Gomez, who is, I mean, no offense, it's like 5'3", and be done with it. Like, well, I don't know what that stops. It stops him in his tracks, though. Like, he freaks the fuck out and runs. I guess maybe the thing can also shoot you, but they never imply that it's able to do that. Also, they let him come in to the, the, the precinct with that earlier on, so I'm like, that's a <laughs> weapon, <laughs> basically, if it's that series of weapon. But um, he, he stops him, and he runs off. And now they're like, oh no, he's definitely going to go murder. But also, like, why is he running right to the murder? Because we find out in a second they go, he goes running right to the planetarium. Why didn't he go there before? Why did he stop home? Was he, like, taking a nap before the murder later? Because if he already knew where the guy was, he should probably have already left. But I guess maybe he, on the run from Beckett and Castle and Gomez now, he gives a call to the planetarium and figures out that the guy's there. Or the roommate, or whatever, the bullshit. And, um, but either way, now they're at his location and they're looking through all his notes that, I mean, they're trying to figure out, they're getting into the mind of the murderer, basically, and like, well, what is his plan? What is he trying to do? And they find this note, the same note that, well, we find out later on, the, um, the wife of the the deceased brother-in-law, um, of the victim. My god, it's such a long, but, uh, it's the same note that she must have because it's, it's addressed to him. And it's from this guy, the child, and, and Castle realizes, oh, he wasn't saying the child, he was saying the child. And, and then, then like the last 15 minutes, they only then figure out the actual plot of the And episode. then we have Joshua Gomez going on, oh, the child! Got it. Like, the minute they said know. the child earlier, because they do ask him earlier who is the child, he has no information for them. I don't believe that. He should know... I mean, it's close enough that he should it at least figure out, well, could it mean this? Like, his whole universe should be about people from the future that are important. That's like saying, well, we're from the we're from the future, and do you recognize the name, well, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's probably something like Clint 
and Ton. I don't know if you recognize the name Clint or Ton. It's like, well, I all know those names, but I do know a pretty famous person named Clinton. Several famous people named Clinton. Like, it's, this is a huge person in the future. He should probably have that kind of information on hand for, well, if you recognize any of these names, at least I'll know for sure it could be them. Because they're probably involved if it has something to do with these goddamn energy wars. But, um, so he, they realize, oh, it's actually the child. Not before, we mentioned before, he starts tossing out some bullshit fan service about, oh, I've read a book jacket, and you're married, and have three kids with Senator Beckett. Blah, blah, blah. It's terrible. And that's really all he ever says about it, but it feels like the whole rest of the episode is, is Castle trying to get more information about what his future is. Which, I, I just couldn't care less. Like, I find that all so off-putting, because... You're basically spoiling the premise of the show. If, if time travel's legit, which the show pre- like the, it posits, you've just ruined the entire series finale, technically. Or I guess it's supposed to be after the series finale, depending upon when you look at also, it. Also, what still, a boring future. Like, you're a yeah, senator, and now you're senator writing- Senator with three kids. And like, he's what? writing serious books. I was like, not like you're the freedom fighter in the energy wars? Like, what the <laughs> heck? Yeah, so are we meant to believe that they're just- in the, they survive the energy wars and just don't really care because what not. a boring like you would totally they're the two most self-involved people in the world so of course they don't care about the fucking energy war but they do involve themselves in all these other like global crises because they're like basically they averted another 9-11 in a couple seasons before that well, you know so... what they probably think once the global war started happening they're like oh god it's just that those uh crazy supremics again there's no real global war <laughs> jesus christ that's yeah, I guess we don't know. We don't know the seriousness of the energy wars. For all we know, this is all trumped up, and it's just two people who don't like each other. <laughs> but um, uh, so, so I mean, we never really find out exactly what goes on in the energy wars beyond <laughs> our resources are running out and people died. That could really mean two people died and we ran out of gas. That's it. Turns out it was Beckett and Castle who died, and this was so <laughs> freaked out about it. They're the oh, most important geez. people in the world. Yes, but the, he does recognize them both. I would have liked it a little bit more if it had been like, you know, I recognize Beckett and not you, but instead it's also, oh yeah, it's from your book jacket. So it's still like, Rick is the most famous person. And instead of, of like, you know, getting back to the murder at hand, Castle's like trying to get information about his future, as is, I guess, the premise of the show. It's and self-involved goofy people. Like that. Yes. And so he, they realize that, oh, this letter, maybe the original letter might include more information. I'm not sure how they come to that conclusion because does that imply that she's saving the envelopes or something? But I guess it doesn't say who it's from or it does though. So what what other information are they looking for? The address, right? I put. I mean, you don't really put the address at the bottom of a letter. Usually, you put it on the envelope. And when they go they go to talk to him, they go and see the original that says the child. I guess they didn't know until that point that his name was the child, but. It's just so confusing. I can't even remember now. But also, like, if they had to go and find the original to find the child, the name the child, shouldn't Gomez be able to read that and think, this kind of reminds me of the kind of thing that something like this huge world leader the child would say about this. Like, if if he has such a specific point of view about what inspired him in the speech that they they talk about, instead of doing that, though, they, they talk about it like, oh... You know, he's just some random guy who was inspired by this other, this person. But I, it just, it, it's infuriating. But anyway, so the energy wars were stopped by some shield he makes, we find out. It's some kind of an, it, I mean, this is where, I mean, the episode's already been really convoluted and ridiculous. But then they start introducing the fact that in the future, this person, the child, makes some kind of an energy 
blocking shield that helps them ward against the fascists that are trying to blah blah blah. If you knew that, why wouldn't that be your first stop? Also, I mean, uh, that agreed, but also, like, that is the the most B-movie sci-fi plot I've ever heard. Like, that sounds like something out of, like, I don't even know, like, like a dystopian future, like, I don't even know, Demolition Man or some bullshit like that. Like, it's so, it's so convoluted and dumb. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't even grasp. By the time they were talking about shields and everything, I was just like, oh my god, I, I can't even pay attention to Is that. it like a bunch but, of shields? Is it one big I don't even shield know. that you put over I don't know what he's even city? implying. <laughs> they don't go into any of that. Which, I mean, on one hand, I'm definitely happy they didn't go into it, but also, it leaves you completely in the dark about 90% of what's actually going on in this episode. But he creates some special shield that they need to stop the war, because oh my god, the war. And billions will die. Um, and so he's desperate to keep him alive. And he's about to get locked up again. This is where, again, Beckett's like, just tosses out a casual, well, hold him for psych eval because she doesn't feel like dealing with a human being. Like, it's so dark. It's basically just like, go arrest him for being crazy instead of having to let me deal with him. I'm done with him. It was, it was really ridiculous. And he gets carted off because she's a cop and she's allowed to do that. And he gets taken away. And he's screaming out, well, whatever you do, just do not let that guy get killed. And of course Beckett's like, well, I, I assure you the last thing I want to do is have some kid get killed. I'm like, but you don't seem to care that much. Like, she seems so, she's still so much like, well, this isn't real, this is all fake, this is so uninteresting, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the Beckett of other episodes, she's definitely always the skeptic, but she's still at least a little bit more open to the con- Like, they make it, because this is such a convoluted sci-fi futuristic nonsense episode- they, the only way they can really move this plot forward without her being involved is having to completely have her, de- like, shut down and deny all of it existing. Which she's always want to do to a degree, but she's certainly always a little bit more open to, like, she's she's willing to, like, run down leads by pretending to be interested in things because she just needs to, to build a case. But in this, it's almost like if, if Becca had her way, she would have just closed her eyes and let the case, like, never move forward. Because if they hadn't really run down those leads from the future guys, they never would have solved the case. You know, so it's like, if she, in prison, Josh Gomez, and we're like, well, we're done. We're done, exactly. It's crazy. Because of her like, anti-mental really health care beliefs. Thank God it was it was proven that he wasn't there at the time of the murder, because if they had actually some like relevance to, to prove that he was there close to the time been in when jail. she was killed, he would have been in jail, end of conversation. Mm-hmm. And the, the energy wars would be upon us, guys. <laughs> no! Oh, God, no. the energy wars. But, um, so he lies through the psych eval. Well, first of all, sorry, we get to the planetarium. He tries, the Grant guy tries, or Garrett guy, uh, tries to attack the, um, the child kid, who's just, like, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, staring up at the, the, the night sky in the planetarium, like, I'm being inspired for the first time in my life. And I'm like, this is going to be a kid who's, like, a grad student working in, like, like, I would assume, like, theoretical physics. He's seen a planetarium before, right? But the kid is acting like it's his first time in a planetarium. And he's just like, oh. And then the guy comes up to him with a, well, first we see a, a mysterious person come up to him with a gun, and it turns out to be Javi, and instead of it being, um, the, 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 future guy it's just one of the cops and the cops are able to protect him at the very last minute instead of evacuating the place they just leave all these children in their seats for this armed terrorist to come in and like potentially murder like what was stopping him from walking in with a bomb really right like couldn't you have just done that like why did he suddenly have to just kill this one guy he's been bombing things the whole time he bombed things all his life 
So I'm real confused about why he suddenly decided this time to be like, you know, a crusader instead of someone who's going to die for the cause. Because he's Maybe because it was person. kids. He also used to be the type of guy who would speak, apparently. Plenty of children died in the energy wars. He does not care that much about kids. I want us to write like a whole just side story about these energy wars because I think I want to know what they're like. I just want, I want to know. But so he, he gets caught. And then he pulls a knife out after he tries to, I don't know what you're going to do with a knife, bro. You brought literally a knife to a gunfight. And they tackle him to the ground. The kid is protected. Still says nothing because, again, wasn't paid to say anything. And they, they tackle him to the ground and then arrest him. And then they do eventually interrogate him. And he says literally nothing. And just creepily smiles at Beckett like, you don't really know the full story. And I guess he's going to rot in jail. He not say that at all. No, he's only going to be in jail for not that much time. All he did was try and attempt murder. I guess he murdered the other people, too. I guess I'll be... It's... I mean, he'll also be in prison for a long time, probably, because he won't say anything. Yeah, that's true. He probably wouldn't. But he is saying things some of the time, so I'm so Apparently, bored. but we never see that, because he's a gay vampire <laughs> who should not be speaking. <laughs> Watch when it, time, when it comes time for, like, his actual trial. He, like, represents himself and is, like, super eloquent and, like, says all this stuff. <laughs> and, like, like, crushes it and, like, gets what? out, like, Robert... Robert, um, uh, what's his name? Style. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I was going to say, deal. or he just es- escapes from his cell because time travel. That's true. I mean, he is supposed to be, in quote unquote, recalled at some point. But I'm wondering if the recalling of people happens when they, you know, properly go through the, the channels to go back in time. Whereas this guy did it illegally after hours, so maybe he doesn't get a chance to do that. I love how we see but again, as, though it's, like, super legit. I <laughs> know, but we're given no information about what, what kind of like thing goes into a recalling of someone it's very very un- uninteresting but i do also wonder why did they send josh gomez back in time why wouldn't they send someone like the fucking terminator to get this guy handled yes like, someone it's a little, a little bit just, the nerds in charge of time traveling don't have a terminator i guess so but you think this would be the one time they would figure out a way to get like a fucking john doe like like john doe the, the series john doe to come back in time and save the day but anyway, so he he um he gets he gets put in jail, rightfully so, for murdering all these people. And Beckett kind of just is like, "Fine, you don't have to say anything, whatever," and leaves. And um, the child tells them that the reason. Well, they're trying to figure out. I mean, Beckett at this point, how could she claim that this isn't something involved with time travel? Because the two of them claim to have never seen each other prior to this. And the child says, "Well, I alerted um, the people at the conference that he was about to bomb them." So it was probably all for revenge. And she's like, see, it was a logical explanation. I'm like, well, that's still, that's stretching. But I'm like, okay, I guess that's kind of a reason that he was put in jail because of this kid's testimony, I guess. But on top of that, though, Gomez lies through his psych evaluation, claiming he was, I don't, basically he was like some guy, a middle class guy from, from Denver, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I haven't lied that much in forever. I'm like, hey. At no point do we see a version of this guy that seems that competent until that moment. Because up until then, he could have been lying the whole time. Like, why did he even have to involve the cops? I guess he wants them to stop the murder, but, like, he could have gone about telling them... He tells them, eventually, that his name is, was it, Simon Doyle? Yeah, well, I don't know that was real. Yeah, that's when he's like, fine, why, because he was going by John Doe, and he's like, fine, it matters so much, here's my name. But then it's like, uh, did they ever do a background check on him? Did they get nothing on him still? Like... Oh, nothing really adds up. They do eventually, because in the next moment, they're like, well, how are you related to, um, well, they're, like, because the two time travelers claim to also have never talked to each other before. I would have preferred a moment where, 
um, the other time traveler in that interrogation. But again, they couldn't pay for this poor guy to have a speaking part. <laughs> but, I, I, um, I'm excited to see Vampire Voice to, to, to witness him <laughs> trying like, to act. But I, I wish he had said, uh, when she was leaving the room, just said, um, goodbye, Senator. Or something like that. Like, that would have at least made some sense. If they're going to lean this hard into the super... like the another schizophrenic element. freak thinking I'm a Senator. <laughs> you know how, how it is. But I guess she would then, obviously, try to explain it away like he's talked to Gomez at some point. Which is not true. I mean, that's just too oblique a reference. But either way, she just does enough that she thinks they're not related. But... They also find out, like, I think it's uh, Javier or, or um, uh, I can never remember the other dude's name. Seamus is his real name. Uh, yeah, let, let's figure this out so we don't keep saying that anyway. It's, uh. Not so bad. <laughs> I just, because I, like, I completely blank on people's names. Since well, I, Javier, I gave Javier up. Espedizito is, is, I know, I love him for everything else he's been in, but I don't, I never remember the other guy's name. I think it's Kevin. You say but... you love him for everything else he's been in. Just say you love him for, for your brand of teenage witch. Like, just be honest <laughs> with yourself. Stop lying. So, okay, Kevin I'm Ryan. Sorry. Yeah, just Kevin Ryan. I thought trying so. to hide your bad taste. I also loved him on. I mean, he's been in a lot of things, but I definitely loved him from Sabrina. You're right, yeah, like, Brad. Brad from Sabrina. Trying to lie. I didn't have to look that. Up. I didn't have to IMDb it to know he was Brad the Witch Hunter from Sabrina. So sorry, guys. I'm that person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> live with it. Um, but so Gomez lies to the psych eval to try and pretend he's a regular person, but um, one of the two other partners comes up and says, oh, by the way, we did a background check on you, and Ryan does. Okay. Well, I don't know if it was him or or Espy that did it, but one of them comes in and is like, hey, we actually figured out that you're actually are related because you were both next to each other in a psych ward at the same time. And then it's like, whoa! And he's like, well, he logics it that, oh, that's brilliant. In the future, I must come back. Which, by the way, when was the psych ward thing? Because, again... Like, they don't really have much about Terminator. And do we know about Terminator being in a psych ward? We knew he was in prison. No. But then, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, (laughs) is that time travel... That's what makes me so furious. Time travel is a constant. Like, you cannot change things that already exist. Unless we're watching things be changed in a timeline. And it just doesn't happen. Like, really, time travel... The thing about time travel is that if, if the water in the cup you're drinking is pink... It's always been pink to your knowledge, even if someone came back in time and died it. You know what I'm saying? So for him to have been in the, the psych ward, that should have been the kind of background they pulled from him the minute they saw him the first time. They should not suddenly find that out at the very end of the episode. Apparently, so the minute they this, see him, this they found long out. to get that information because what is this show actually doing things like in real police time? This one episode <laughs> of a procedural. <laughs> For once, I know, right? a procedural is doing things like well, this is a long process, not taking thirty minutes. But they do it. They find out that he was ostensibly both there, both in the same psych ward at the same time. But um, Gomez tries to explain it away, like he did that on purpose to try and, you know, give himself an alibi or something. I don't even know why. I don't even and know why he'd do that. So this well, is no, the that back again, so I guess the energy war- wars still fucking go. <laughs> fucking <laughs> This is the part of the episode I thought, oh, he, there's like, there it, I was kind of with Beckett, I was like, oh, there's an explanation they're not really going to go through with this time travel thing, right? <laughs> like, this has just been a build-up, and we've been exploring this genre and this procedural, and we're just going to kind of, like, quash it down. It was a nice thing to think about. but On then, a normal then, episode, they would. You're right. On a normal episode, they definitely would have done that, because that's how the normal... Like, like the vampire episodes, when they figure out that it was just, you know, teeth that have been... Like, shaved into a certain... Like, whatever. I totally buy that there are people out there that will go to extreme lengths to try and pretend that they're a supernatural human being. Fine. But to to do it... 
Yeah, exactly. But, like, for this to be that close to being realistic and then to have an, uh, an explanation was like, oh, it's nice. But then, of course, they need to go even further than that. Like, that would have been enough. It would have been still like, well, maybe he is telling the truth and he did just try and, you know, create a backstory I mean, honestly, though, why would he have that as his backstory? I guess you're, I guess no, you're saying that he went back to... Yeah, he says that they must have sent me back at a later time for something. But why? Again, so I'm saying, like, why? So now I'm worried about the energy wars again. <laughs> I guess he's supposed to be going back even further to talk and interrogate this guy. Also, why is he your specialist to go back in time? Not a great guy to send back in time. Is routinely looked at as a schizophrenic and paranoid, but whatever. But... In general, though, it seems like a really ham-fisted way of saying, oh, they're both in the same psych ward. Like, I, there are many different ways he could. He could have been a warden or something like that. Like, it would have made a lot more sense to put him in a different situation. But for whatever reason, they're both psych patients now, and it kind of excuses the whole situation as maybe it was a paranoid delusion between the two of them while they were both, you know, um, living there. But until. then... When, uh, until he goes around the corner and Castle's like, oh, you forgot your thingamajig. And he goes running down the hallway to try and give it back to him. And, and he turns the corner there. and it's just vanished. Like, there's not four or five different random rooms he could have easily walked into right off the corner. But Castle, of course, doesn't even bother to look at them. He just stares off and like, I want to live in this magical world. Well, you're not convinced then, Mora. Just wait. Yeah, that was enough. That was already, like, stupid enough for me. But then later on, even even to one-up that, like, that's already enough to me. Like, when they did that, I'm like, Jesus, this is so ridiculous. And then, of course, later on, they show uh, Beckett, they're trying to, like, leave for the day, and she has that letter that we we saw before. And now when it's introduced in the beginning, they have this letter that's in this guy's... um, uh, his, like, again, like, a fallout shelter-looking, like, a domicile thing, where he's just, like, I guess living in some random, like, uh, office space in this abandoned power plant, and it has, like, the letter that has, like, coffee spill on it. It's an old-looking letter, because he's had it for, I guess, you'd imagine maybe 20 to 30 years. And he has that that he ta- he travels back in time with to look at and find this the child guy. So when they go to the the wife earlier and they get the original, it's this pristine looking original letter because it's just a nice letter that was sent to her husband. And then in this moment, Beckett, as she's leaving, knocks like a fucking like complete spaz, knocks her coffee all over the letter. And then the letter is now covered in the exact same stain of coffee that the future letter has. So, done, done, done. Time travel is legitimately real. Because there's no other way that would have happened. I mean, that's so far beyond yeah. coincidence. She holds it up to look at it, scene, and it's you an can identical be like, okay, match. he's just not looking. But exactly. the Beckett scene is like, nope, this is legit. This is too legit and to also, quit, guys. And also, how is that now the, now the plot of every episode after this? Forever? Because she should be trying to track this guy down. Trying that to should stop be her new crimes. obsession. Exactly! Like, you do not have that kind of a thing happen... And that not just ever, like, think about it again in your life. That should haunt you for the rest of your days. Like, I'm sorry. And then she could easily find this guy. She's got his name and his information, and she knows what he's trying to do. And she could totally figure out a way to try and talk to him again, I would imagine. But I guess he's supposed to have gone back to the future, so I guess maybe yeah. not. But even especially, she's this famous senator. She could find him, right? Well, like, I'm thinking even on. especially if the show is actually going to go through with this, then wouldn't she be like, oh, wow, I'm going to run for Senate. Man, that reminds me of that case I worked that right? time. <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't understand. And he does say to them both all cheekily, like, see you in 20 years. So maybe she knows that she's got to wait 20 years to see him. But she didn't have to wait. She needs to figure out what the fuck just happened because of the coffee stain. <laughs> but also, like, frequency style, 
two things. One, how does that guy get that 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 uh, note? What she really should do is lock that fucking note up so he'll never get it. That What's demon it? note, first of all. Yeah. Like, that's of the devil. Because that's the same note he comes back in the future with. So, like, there's some serious things. That, or burn it. Right down in front of you, just burn it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are things you should do to prevent this shit from going down. I don't care if you're, like, this is a little bit much. I would be like, I need this to stop. I need, I need to be able to sleep at night. So I'm going to burn this letter so I can get a good night's sleep. Then someone's not going to show up at my home with my three children and murder me. But so, for this note, because technically speaking, that could be the plot of this. You don't know. You have no idea. He didn't give enough information about the future for you to know how he gets that note. And it's in your possession, so for fuck's sake, just burn it. But regardless of that, that aside, she should totally know that, I mean, frequency style, if she starts leaving notes in places that she can get Gomez to look at them, he could come back and see her again and give her all this information about the future. Like, there are so many ways she should have gone. This should be the rest of the show. Should have been her <laughs> obsessed with time travel. I guess you're a time serious. travel show now. <laughs> I don't that's get it. I done. don't. I do not get it. But so that's that's. I mean, that's the rest of the episode. There's a little bit more at the end where Alexis does move out physically. We see her moving out. Uh, the actress looks like she's seven years old too. She always has, so it's a little hard to take her that seriously as an adult. Even though she's only nineteen, I don't know if she's definitely a fully adult, but still. But so that's that's the other element that's going on, and that's the end of the episode. Is just kind of as Beckett like, oh yeah, time travel's real, huh? How about that? She doesn't even really like freak out or like run and tell someone. She just kind of stares like, hmm. The universe as I knew it is different now. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Is wrong. I should go check myself in. I should go see a therapist, maybe, because, you know, fucking crazies. She does see a therapist regularly. In the but last not season. for that. For her, to, for her to turn around that quickly and, like, berate people for being mentally ill is still wild. She is so upsetting wild. in this episode. She is. I, I do I do like her a lot earlier in the series, but I definitely think she gets more and more. Because the more you... It's the same as the Scully effect. The more you put them in this situation when they have to be the skeptic the entire time... It just, it, and also, unlike Scully, though, because Scully's biggest detractors tend to be, why is she so obsessed with being a skeptic? Because she's always wrong. Which is, I mean, not even true, because if you watch The X-Files, she's very, much more open than Beckett is in this episode to the concept of, of Supernatural. She I just wants to... hear Beckett say anything. She's, I mean, I would never hear yeah. uh, Scully say anything about the mentally ill that Beckett says. No, that's episode. true. She's a doctor. She knows her shit. But so, but regardless of that, though, she would always try and use the scientific hypothesis to figure out things. Like, a literal, like, I'm gonna solve this crime using real means, not just jumping to zombies did it, or whatever did it. Which is still, I mean, I guess to some people, as a skeptic, is that she doesn't assume it's always gonna be a supernatural thing. Although some of the time it's, it's not on that show. It's not always a supernatural thing. But in this case, like like I said before, it's like the reverse of it. So Beckett is always right. Like, 99% of the times, like, Mulder's always right. Beckett's always right. So she gets this kind of, like, like, you're so dumb, Castle, and, like, smirky little, like, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I enjoy that because earlier on, he he is kind of, again, like a, a playboy scallion rogue. That's the whole thing, is that he's a, this, he's a jerk to her. And she gets to one-up him every episode by saying, here's the real reason. Like, she's always one step in front of him, and I like that. But in this episode, it's just like, oh, actually, no, the rug's gonna be pulled out from under you. It's the exact opposite. And in such a way that really should just completely, like, throw her off her game for the rest of the show. Because it's not just that she's wrong about how one of these cases was solved. She's wrong about, like, time travel. <laughs> like, that's crazy. It's crazy. All right, do we have any other wrap-up thoughts besides, oh my god, there's plenty There's plenty more to yell about the <laughs> energy wars, but I don't think we can handle much no. more of it. 
so I still can't believe they call it Energy Wars. How terrible. My so the I I introduced my mom to Castle like way way back mm-hmm. in season one because we like I did the exact same thing. Because yes. <laughs> we liked Firefly and like we missed Firefly mm-hmm. and it's not Firefly but it was still Nathan Fillion and. I think I watched, like, the first maybe two or three seasons. And then every time I talk to my mom on the phone, get, like, a recap of what's happening on Castle um, and Bones. <laughs> but I, I <laughs> so before I was recording the podcast, I was, like, talking to her about the episode. I was like, do you remember? And she's like, oh, no. And my mom recaps Castle to me every single time we're on the phone. I feel like it's a pretty big deal that she didn't remember this episode. Cause there's you said, you said, so energy, if you said energy wars, maybe she would have remembered it. <laughs> maybe she would have. Mostly, but also maybe someone came back from the future and like erased her memory of this episode. <laughs> to prevent top ever. If you said that, maybe she would have remembered right. it. Uh, I know. Geez. So mostly, I'm just sad for my mom to listen to this podcast and realize maybe what a terrible show Castle is for the first time. So we'll see. Sorry, mom. Sorry. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> my parents are the same way, though. I think this is very, like we said before. I mean, as Latoya said before. <laughs> It's 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 definitely bankrupt in that in that sense, but it's also just kind of just you know tune in, turn off your brain. Yes. It's a procedural that has elements of supernatural and sci-fi stuff, not just related to Firefly, but like the references to series and and um, movies that they like. It's it, Big Bang Theory adjacent for sure. But yeah, so I mean, I can understand not like wanting to hear bad things about it if you're super obsessed. But I mean, at this point, I can't even imagine still watching the show. Like, I, God bless the people out there still trucking along. My like, mom, people that still watch week. Bones as well. Every she, week. You, she, she watch Bones as well. Yeah, she's still into. I don't it. know how people do that. Like, this is this is bad enough, but Bones is a whole other level of if you're still watching Bones in 2016, like peace. And love to you, because that is a tough job for any... I'd imagine the cast of Bones have a hard time watching Bones every week at this point. But yeah, they have so, a hard time so, counting their money, that's for sure. No, I don't watch the show, true. let's be honest. This also is another show that... The reason why I watched it a lot is it's very rewatchable to me. Partly because you're saying very, very devoid of a lot of serious um, stuff. But I, I enjoy... It's, it's constantly on um, syndication, so you've probably seen an episode here or there. And if you want to know whether it's worth watching... I think it's okay the first, I'd say three seasons. Most of season four is a little rough, but it's got its moments. And then by that point, you can, I, honestly, the reason why I ended with the end of season four is because they kissed for the first time and it was like, I got everything I needed out of the show. I'm going to walk away before it gets too bad because I didn't, I didn't love the ending of it, but at least it made sense to the show. But the way season five went about happening, it seems like it completely divorced itself from the entire premise. And I'm, I'm glad I quit before it got that bad, but yeah. Ugh. So anything else? We're good to go. We can wrap up. I don't even know what more to say. I gotta get ready energy for wars. the energy wars later. <laughs> we have to prepare, y'all. Uh, yeah, we gotta prepare. start like preparing for the energy wars. Um, so let's get the plugs. What's up with you, Latoya? Uh, I would like to plug Twelve Monkeys, the TV show, which is actually really nice. good. Uh, you should check that out. I guess I should uh, would like to plug Vampire Boys now. <laughs> uh, probably not for children, for but. Well, depends on I don't know what you're into, children. <laughs> Maybe. Oh dear, you're like trying to corrupt children. I watched Lost Boys at a very young age, so. Uh, but that I wasn't like one it. step away from porn, which is what I'm sure this movie is. Oh, okay, then never mind. Maybe yeah, not. I'm fairly certain this is like porn adjacent. It looks like it. The tight, like, <laughs> how the could you not tell from the cover, Mora? I know. I didn't look. Oh, I just looked at the cover. I, I had searched it earlier. Not. <gasps> you're right. <laughs> what would you die for to live forever? 
Oh my gosh, oh, is Jesus that the tagline? That's the tagline. It's, it's a gay vampire film. That doesn't even make sense. Ali like... falls in love with a, a guy named Jason. J-A-S-I-N. Oh, Can no. I just read the tagline one more time? <laughs> Who would you die for to live forever? Makes zero sense. <laughs> that, again, makes zero Or does it make sense. all the sense? I'm going to leave the trailer for that in the-, in the Oh the god, there's a trailer? I'm going to have the trailer now. <laughs> it's pretty rough. <laughs> It's got half a million views, though, so they're doing just fine. But, yeah. But, okay, awesome. And then, so, wait, uh, did you get your plugs? How much did you plug? plugs, so. Uh, I believe, and you guys should be able to read my Josie and the Pussycats 15th anniversary piece for Flavorwire. Oh, exciting! Do it! You can find me at Twitter. If you don't know where to find me at Twitter by this time, uh, I don't know if I want you to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, rough. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. And what's up with you, Elena? Um, I am writing about Brooklyn Nine-Nine on the weekly for the Televixen, um, which has been really fun. It's been fun to follow Brooklyn Nine-Nine this season because it's kind of been up and down, and I've been really mad at it. Um, but I think we're on the mend now, so you can do follow you my agree, writing. Sorry, do you agree that the season doesn't really have an arc like season two did? Yes, that's what I've been talking that's about. It's driving it me needs, crazy. It needs, I keep thinking, it needs, like, its own harvest festival. That's what it needs. It needs, like, something that's going to bring it together, and this season's been really all over the place. Um, we need some vampire boys. Maybe. <laughs> oh, yes. Time travel. Just introduce time travel. Get the energy wars in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and then maybe... <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, Terry, Terry Crews would have that on lock. I, I guarantee yeah. that he'd be the person to, to bring it down. They would but, be yeah. a good squad for energy wars. Like, it would be pretty solid. <laughs> energy do some wars, stuff. again... It sounds like Monster Monster Drink versus Red Bull or something. <laughs> like, I, like what they're. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, uh. Um, so yeah, I'm writing. I'm writing for the Televix, and I also write for Pop Optic. I haven't written in a while. The last thing I wrote was about Galavant, which ended a bunch of times ago. Um, and then <laughs> that's I, how time is measured. <laughs> bunch of times, just a handful of them. Um, and then I'm also on Twitter at Elena is awesome. Um, follow yes. my thoughts. Because you are. <laughs> um, I tweet about many things. So usually I would love to write about more things, but I work in that is not possible. So usually I tweet about things <laughs> that I cannot write about. So, Well, then definitely check you out. Um, and as always, I am at Mari on Twitter. You can also read my stuff at the Televixen for iZombie, Supergirl, and what's left of the Vampire Diaries. They're all wrapping up pretty soon. Um, and then in the next episode of this show is going to be Party of Five, Season 3, Episode 20, yes. Intervention. I think we should Get be ready, drunk guys. during that episode. Should, should we do that? <laughs> Just so someone can intervene, like have someone show up halfway through and say, you guys need oh to stop. Oh my gosh. I'm sure Chewie will be happy to intervene just because he wants the, yes. he wants the attention, so... Well, we all do. We're all we're all the Matthew Foxes of our own lives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. Um, and then in the meantime, you can also try and get us. I mean, I think we're going to do it, especially if we introduce the, the drunk recap with Party of Five. We'll do a drunk recap of Entourage the movie if we get enough uh, rates and reviews on iTunes. So go do that. Even if you haven't, if you've done it before, you haven't done it before, just go log in, do it. You'll be great. And then um, you can uh, find us on Twitter at the Televoid, see new episodes drop that way, um, or just subscribe to us at whatever. I don't know if you use po- I use Pocket Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, all that good stuff. Um, and then online at thetelevoid.com. And in the meantime, thanks for wandering into the Televoid, and be careful of the energy wars. <laughs> see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks.